What's up, Street Fighters? Thanks for being here. Sunday night, time for a street fight. I hope you're ready for this. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've done this call-in show, but I'm ready to listen to what you got to say. The number to dial is 614-412-5252. We are taking your calls. The queue is extremely full, so I'm not sure if you're going to get in, but keep trying. And you can always listen to the show while you're waiting on the line. We appreciate appreciate everybody for calling in and uh, having a good time with us. Uh, we're going to be going here for a few hours, so get ready. Um, get your shit right. It's time for Street Fight. We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing it here in Columbus, Ohio for eight years now. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're broadcasting out of Columbus, Ohio on 92.7 or 98.3 out of the Free Press Studios here in downtown CBUS 614 area code Square Pizza. We say ditched. Uh, Amazing, amazing. Changed my life, actually, this week. That whole thing. I posted that somebody ditched me in line and people are like, I have never used that before. So as I do, when something like this happens, I say, must be a Midwestern thing. Yeah. And then a bunch of Midwestern people are like, no, it's not a Midwestern thing. And I was like, okay. And then somebody looked up the etymology and it's just a Columbus, Ohio Only Columbus thing. ditches in line. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking ditch, yeah, man. Yeah, you get in trouble for fucking ditching. You don't, don't ditch me. I'll yank on your hoodie if you fucking ditch. Yeah, nobody likes a ditcher, right? No. Never. A ditchery do. We are going to be uh, doing some live performances on the West Coast at the beginning of the year. So you got to hit up streetfightradio.com on the main page there. On the right-hand side, it's a little link that says West Coast Tour. When you click on it, it will have all the information that you tweeted us about and send messages to the page about. It's got it all right there in one place. We're going to be in Seattle, Washington on Saturday, January 5th. We're going to be in Portland, Oregon on Sunday January 6th, Eugene, Oregon, Monday the 7th, Uh, San Francisco, Eugene's doing pretty good. Three shows in a row. Yeah, (laughs) it is a lot. People have already tried to send me restaurants and fun things to do, and I'm like, I'm coming in like real fast, eating the healthiest food I can find, and then going to the next place. Yeah, Portland is like, we're not even there for 10 hours, I don't think, but I'll be back. We'll be back. Eventually. I mean, the thing is, like, this tour, if it's proved, if so far proven one thing, it's that we can come out there and do shows. Now. Of course. Like, we're not going to be afraid. Like, this was like, pulling the trigger on this took a year. It's a lot of money. Because it seems scary, but now it's it seems like it's worth it to go, I mean, you know, we, we got to make money when we do stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it we seems like we can. for a loss. Or free. Even right. we're not even like do it. The the fact is, if we if if I can fly to fucking Portland a couple times a year and actually come home with more money than I left with, then I'm gonna probably fly to Portland a few times a year. Like ask the people in Chicago and New York. You know I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> we're like willing to do it. It was never like a thing where it was like I don't want to get on an airplane. It was more of a like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> the numbers aren't adding up here. Yeah, but we're doing great on ticket sales so far. Oakland, I love. Love it. There's going to be a ton of people there. It's going to be a really good show. I mean, that is going to be an extravaganza, I have to say. We have some good guests in Oakland, too. I mean, we got Q-Mars. Right. Coming on stage. Q-Mars Salahe from... Delete Your Account. Delete Your Account podcast. We have Greg Violet from... 
The internet, LaDuce Violet, legendary poster LaDuce Violet, you know, the purple mustache man. Yeah, and we have my buddy, my co-host once a month, Brace Belden. So, might turn into a murder mystery solving party. (laughs) If you haven't heard that live show, or I'm sorry, that third show that Brian did with Brace, um, where they tried to figure out if somebody he knew was a murderer. Sort of a little bit more nervous about it becoming a nude show because somehow he went from saying he never gets naked to then recording the show fully naked. So I, I don't I, I'm not really sure what we're getting with him. Okay. <laughs> he's he's uh, like performing. The reason I love performing with Brett is because I know what I'm getting. <laughs> I think performing with Brace, I don't know that we're going to know exactly what we're getting. <laughs> But it's exciting. It's really fun, and uh, it's fun to have. Uh, it's it's fun to have those. It's it's fun to have him around. He's a fun guy, and you know people really like the live show. So and it, it's not. I mean, it's good to give him all different flavors. I mean, I like to. I don't want to do the same thing every single time. No, all the shows are going to be fairly different. I mean, if we can find people in different cities to do stuff that with helps. us, we're definitely going to do that. And if. I mean, the shows, I think the theme is going to be uh, where I'm calling it what I'm, we're going to talk about crime and we're going to talk about punishments. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about we're on the West Coast. Solve those problems on the West Coast. We're going to get you. whoopings. Maybe we'll hand out whoopings. Somewhere you can get whooped at the end <laughs> yeah. if you want. <laughs> the merch table. Me and Brett will be at the merch table after every show handing out whoopings. We'll have a belt right there. <laughs> Bring your boss, bring your kids. I don't know. Yeah. That's what. So earlier this week, uh, the poster for Amiri King, his latest show came out, and it's called the Don't Go to Jail Tour. Which, good name. If it was me and you, yeah. I would be like, great name. Flyer is bad though. Like if it was me and you, the, the like the flyer would match the name. The flyer and the aesthetic would look good with the name, but theirs is just as cheap as possible. But like I was like theorizing that like his probably his finale of his bit is probably getting his son on the phone and grounding him in front of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the king. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking like like picks out one of the servers that's a millennial and says, "This is you're serving food. This is a stepping stone job. God damn it!" Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Call the police on somebody from the stage. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm calling the police on my ex wife's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is just fucking losing it. Because that's what they love. They love punishment. They love to yeah. hear somebody getting punished. They want to know that someone had a terrible, was treated terribly. So uh, That's funny. I was back next last week and kind of just talked about what we'd been doing over the few weeks. How was your uh, four weeks without a call-in show, Brett Payne? I really liked it. Uh, <laughs> I'm already- Much like a lot of people who take vacations, you enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, what is the sound going? Is that us? It looks like. There we go. We're back. What was that? I have no the idea. The mic's fucking up now? I don't know, man. That Blue Yeti brand, I guess. Trash. Trash. If it's going, if this one's going out, then we know it wasn't just me being horrible to a microphone. Yeah, but don't we're trust back. the Yeti brand of microphones. I know. Fuck I just them. tapped it and it worked. It just fixed it. It's when like I old TV. It. You used to have to beat the shit out to get the picture back. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, so, uh, I, I, like I, uh, four weeks off. Yes, I don't like to work. I'm allowed to say that, okay? I do a job. I'm allowed to complain about it, even if I'm also a small business tyrant. 
And uh, yeah, I think we're going to try to move the shows a little bit earlier. Nine. We want to go on at nine. And I'm sorry to you people on the West Coast who have grown accustomed to having something that happens in your time zone. But uh, we don't live in your time zone. So right. we're going to try to move this thing to nine. And we're going to try to... Uh, we're still going to take calls. And we're probably going to take more calls. We're probably going to be able to get our friends on the air. Like, people don't know this, but early in the thing, we would have people call in that, like, were buddies and stuff. But it's very hard to get them to stay up till midnight. Right. <laughs> to go into the show, you know? Yeah, and I've uh, been getting a ton of stuff done. I've been waking up so fucking early. This whole show, this whole tour got booked because I've been waking up early. He's rising and grinding. I am rising and grinding. He's getting that bread. Yeah, and it's working. I've been rising and grinding too, like at one, and then I grind out a podcast at like 11.30 at night, but it still works. It's like we're both grinding, just I don't rise. I've been leaving the windows open all weekend in the house and then waking up and not wanting to get out of bed because it's too cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's a tough one. I thankfully they put in that programmable thermostat, so I have it set on like torch mode, like first thing in the morning. Oh, like you can lay down in your bed and tell it, like, check it out. I need you to turn up the seventy. Yeah, I just schedule it. I should do that. Yeah, I schedule it. I wish I could do that. Mine's old. I have to get up out of bed and run downstairs and, and change it. I went running downstairs the other day, and my wife had somebody over, and she's like, don't come downstairs without your shirt on. And I was like, when have I ever done that? Like, not a once. I don't walk around without a shirt on anywhere. Brett has lived with me for weeks at a time and never seen me walking around fat, like just bulging around all over the place. The shirt stays on, man. Yeah, um, I know you as a shirt guy. <laughs> I mean, shirt I've never I, seen you. You did. You did. I did on your birthday when we went to Great Wolf Lodge take my shirt off because I will do it for water slides. Yeah, and you're such a shamer, though, dude. When we went to the Buckhorn Lake, uh, we went to the state park and st- for the Trillbilly show, which I realized we never even talked about that on the fucking air at all. We just because like, we what? were gone. Yeah. We, we weren't here for this show. But I was trying to do a workout, and he was just sitting there the whole time and goes, sounds like someone's having sex over there. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just I'm just trying to grind it out right now, okay? That's I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like a stretching out my lumbar it. spine doing some cat cow. Does those sound like ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. They're pooping. I mean pooping sex are roughly yeah. the same thing. Some people do them at the same time, That's like true. it's a thing. They're yeah. into it. Yep. So Yeah, very popular. Yeah, it's been like uh, it's. This is our last week before Christmas time. I know. Next How's week, your Christmas we'll, been next. Um, You've been better. Well, you got money. Hmm. <laughs> I not right now. I don't. But I did have money to buy the stuff, so it doesn't right. matter. Right. <laughs> I'm not freaking out this year. I guess. Is yeah, the, it's better not to be in the negative. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not freaking out this year. I have roughly the same amount of money I did last year, except for the fact that I've spent a lot on presents instead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I still am broke as shit because I had to buy presents, but the presents aren't the thing that killed me. It was my irresponsible spending that killed me. Okay. You know? Well, you're really growing this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I spent too much on everything. Like, for Christmas, I just went, I just was like. What's the only time we do? We get so. We get held back for so long. All year long, you're just like, nope, there's not enough money for that. Nope, there's not enough money for, money for that. One of our good friends that are like the best cheapskates ever, 
they actually bought a new chair for their front room, which is like you're buying all of this other presents, and you're like, oh, this chair is really nice too. We might as well get a present for us, you <laughs> yeah. know? You can't. They also do said that they say they claim they don't buy presents for each other, but I tried to chair. do a present for us TV, but. Oh, really? We you tried to call that the present? I tried, but it didn't work out. We didn't what? buy it. We just don't have the oh, okay. money, you know? Okay. It's like, when the money comes in next month, I'm going to spend a good healthy amount of it on marijuana on the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> so, we're just going to hold on to that. We don't need a TV. I mean, how about do you really need a TV? Not at all, dude. It's the same same pictures. No matter how clear it is, it's all the same horse shit. Oh, I don't watch TV anyway, really, in that room. I watch it oh. up in my room. Laying say, in bed you do like a, a fella. You get a lot of TV in. Hmm. Yeah. When, no, when it doesn't matter. I only watch TV when it doesn't you matter. You don't count wrestling as TV, though. I don't either. watch a lot of wrestling, though. I don't okay. watch fucking anything right now. Oh. I basically, like, lay in bed and flip through Netflix to see if there's a movie. And then, like, tap my wife every 15 minutes and say... You don't believe there's no movies on Netflix. I mean, it's like this capitalism and everything's available. I can't have anything I want. It's fucking bullshit the way they set this thing up. I do try to watch a lot, but I've been watching wrestling. I haven't been watching. Uh, I've been watching Halt and Catch Fire at night, real late at night. It's a TV show, but uh, I'm not really watching a lot of wrestling right now. It's a bummer. Uh, there's no time for it. You can't, I, it's like harder and harder now that I've taken time off from watching it to talk my wife into watching it when I want to watch it, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's like, no, you don't really care that much, do you? And I'm like, oh, I kind of care a little bit. <laughs> I actually kind of want to see it, but I've been good about it. I, I'm, I'm going to get back in on January 4th. For Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to watch Wrestle Kingdom, stay up all night, watch that, and then sleep on the airplane. Smart idea. To Seattle. Smart idea. Genius. That's a brain I got in my head. And I'll probably be at the airport like four hours early because I'm afraid of missing a plane because I've done that once. Yeah. Only person I know. Oh, man, when, as soon as I said <laughs> I missed a flight, people were like, dude, I've missed a flight, too. And I felt, like, okay about oh, it. Good. It was so stupid, though, man. You know why it was it sucked? Because I had to fly to New York before I flew to Dallas. So it was like, go north and then down. And it was like, oh, God, what a dumb mistake. You don't want to be there on time because of that? No, I do want to be there on time. I don't want to fly. I want to fly just to Seattle. I'm going right. to be there. But the last time we got there early... They were like, get the fuck out of line. Yeah. You got yelled at by the people at the uh, gate. So I, I feel like either that's the mic or that's the headphones. I can't figure out if it's the headphones. It's the mic. But if I I'm slap the... the mic, it works. Yeah, I saw it disappear. All right, let's get these people on the air. And uh, we're going to send this mic back, I guess. Thank you, Yeti, for having another... Uh, Piece of oh. shit product. Yeah, Yeti. That's two Yetis we went through. That's great. Yeah, I just read it. It must have been a sponsored fucking article that I read about them that said they were so great. Two. Thank two you, of them. Thank you for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Please God work. Hey, is this me? This is you. What's up? Who's this? Oh, hey. What's going on, guys? Uh, can you hear me all right? Yep. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I actually had like a couple work stories for cool. you guys. Kind of been <laughs> real uh, bullshit lately, honestly. Having a rough, um, a rough so run tonight, of it, huh? At work. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Let's um, hear it. So to kind of give you guys like a like a little background on what I do, I, I like remove junk 
from people's homes. Ooh. Um, okay. So always, like whole, always thought yeah, I could so, do that. <laughs> that was one that I thought I could do. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's actually it's pretty cool at times. Um, pretty much the whole premise of it is like, hey, if you got some junk to remove, you call the number, we schedule you for appointment, come out there, take a look at what you got, and give you a quote. And it's pretty much how we charge for the most part is like uh, volume based, so how much space you take up in the truck. Um, can I ask and, you? Can you, know, I, you, you got what? Can I ask you if you're one of the yeah. college hunks moving junk, or is are you with a different company? <laughs> uh, different companies. Uh, we actually like see the college hunk guys um, around a bit, and there's like other junk removal companies. And like anytime we see them, you know, it's like a quick wave, like "Hey, what's up?" And every time we see the college hunk guys, they flip us off. So they're kind of like known as the apple around oh, the area. So cool! I know I'm going to become so a college. Cool. I want to be one now. <laughs> <laughs> bullying all the other junk movers. Um, do they drive with their shirts off? They should if they're hunks. They should have to wear cowboy <laughs> it, it really boots. Is a... Tight Wrangler jeans and cowboy <laughs> boots. No hurt. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty much like uh, you know, you got a couch, a chair, whatever. We'll give you the quote. If you're good with it, we take you off. So for the most part, I'm actually one of the drivers. So I'm like in charge of the pricing. And I've kind of figured out a good system to where it's like if I have a customer that, you know, I could tell it's like working class or maybe, you know, they don't have much money. I always give them like face value or try to throw a coupon on, try to help them out, that type of thing. But anytime I have a customer that's like I could tell has quite a bit of money, I kind of overcharge them because most of the time anyways, they don't even look at us as people. They look at us as like the help. Right. Oh, yeah. Um um, and uh, another thing that like kind of factors that in is how much money we make that day determines how much we get paid because uh, we only get paid like ten bucks an hour. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, we got to be able to make enough to live. Um, but but going off all of that, I actually so had wait, a customer. You you make a flat ten dollars an hour regardless of what they charge, or how how does it adjust based upon how much you charge? <laughs> Okay, so it's uh, we get we get the ten dollars an hour, and then the goal is we have to make at least a thousand dollars. And if we make a thousand dollars, we get this thing called profit share, and you've got to do the whole like equation. And they base you know how much you make versus like how much you spent on dumping and your wage hours, and that gives you bonus. Like on a really good day, to where you're like busy breaking your back and everything, you'll get like. You know, an extra hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. So that's um, so you have the potential of making like twenty plus dollars an hour. That's got okay. That's especially cool. Especially if you get like, yeah, yeah. Especially if you get like tips from uh, the customers themselves. How often do you get tips? A lot of the time. Oh man, it it really depends. Like, um, just you got to kind of build the rapport with the customer and joke around with them and everything. And then they'll be like, oh, here's 20 bucks. I've found that a lot of the times it's always the rich people that don't tip. Oh, um, yeah. I've actually had at some, at some point in time, like I, I've had rich customers who literally just drop $1,000 right then and there to get rid of the junk. And then I go through the whole, we use the Square app and everything for credit card payments. So I point out, I'm like, hey, here's your total at the top. Here's the optional tip bar, but no obligation. And I've actually had people laugh at me. When they see that, Whoa. and, and I, uh, yeah, and, and I'm kind of like, man, I, I just like broke my back for the past two hours because you can't lift the couch, and because it, 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 that, that's the thing. It's uh, sometimes we have people who you know they bring stuff to the curb, we pick it up, 
But then a lot of the times we have like, hey, I've got a couch in the basement, you know, a refrigerator on the main floor, some trunks up in the attic, and we just we go and get them. So it's they it, pretty much you point your finger, tell us what to take, and we'll do it. So we're sweating and everything, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're not going to give you ten dollars to get some water or something because they've never so done that, anything in their life like that, right? Working class people tip because we've all been in a situation where a tip would help. Whereas like rich people who have never done a service job are just like, that's his job. He carries the stuff. He's making, and they probably do that thing where they're like, oh, he's making more than a tipped wage. You know, he's making more than the tipped minimum wage. Mm -hmm. So, and I know for a fact, even like for somebody like me, like I thought y'all were getting paid a lot more because you're just doing a brute force job. It always seems like, I, it never lines up that way, but I think even in my mind, I think it like where it's like if you're doing a job where you have to carry heavy things up and down steps, it feels like there should be no way they can't pay you fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it's, uh, and, and see, I, I thought the same thing before I even started the job, um, and I, I even had customers at the time to where they see a tip bar and they're like, "Oh, we can tip you guys." And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just honest with them. I was like, "Yeah, we only get paid." 10 bucks an hour. So like anything (laughs) helps. Yeah. you Um, Which is crazy. So like getting to uh, the one customer story I had, it was about a month ago or so, um, you know, get the call out, go there. And this guy, I guess he's been doing work on his house or whatever. He had a bunch of carpet, like carpet padding and a bunch of hardwood floors. So for the most part, we do charge on volume, but we have this other thing called bed load and bed load is more so for like things that are smaller, but heavier, like concrete bricks, stuff like that, um, to kind of compensate for our dumps because with that profit share, if we don't, um, like if we spend a ton of money on dumps, it only affects the people working. Like it doesn't affect the company. We just get less money at the end of the day. Um, so I told this guy, um, I was like, Hey, you know, you got a little bit of hardwood floor here. Um, so I'll have to do bed load because I was always taught, I've been at the company for like eight months. I was always taught, Hey, charge bed load for this. And I, I told the guy, uh, he was easily like upper class. Uh, and I told him, I was like, Hey, if we do volume for all your carpet and everything and bed load for your hardwood, it's going to be around $700. But if I just do bed load only, I can get it down to 600. Thought I was cutting in the deal. Figured it'd be pretty easy. Everything is out in the garage. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So we spend like an hour out in the rain, carrying all this stuff and everything, completely filling up the truck. Um, sign off on it. You know, he gives us payment. Everything's all good. And then, um, like a couple days later, I checked my stats because, uh, we have this little app that basically tells you like what your percentages are for like, you know, average job size, you know, um, onsite conversion, all this and everything. Cause we do monthly contests to get like little reward points to redeem for like out gift reward cards. Points. So fucking silly, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Handing out reward so, points. Uh, yeah, exactly. I Instead hate of just reward giving us points. Money to yeah. live. Can I, I just say, to be tied to how I get paid? <laughs> can I just say that reward points are the worst <laughs> thing to get? Like when when you like sign up for a uh, when you sign up for like a, a a card at a grocery store, their loyalty card, and they're like, "So what kind of discounts do they get?" And you're like, "Well, it's not like really discounts. You get reward points." And I'm like, "Oh fuck those points!" So I never joined the the Speedy Rewards Club. Points. Yeah. I hate points. points. <laughs> fuck points. Exactly, and like whenever they first 
they set that up a couple months ago. Like the rewards that we could get with the points is like, oh, you could get a hat with the logo on it or a shirt or something. And everybody was like, I don't want to buy a work shirt. So no one was doing anything with them. They're like, all right, we'll give you uh, gift cards to like the local gas station uh, or whatever. Right. Um, so but when I, whenever I checked out my staff, I saw that I had a complaint on there. And I don't ever get complaints because, you know, I try to do a good job for everything. And I, I went to my boss and I was like, hey, man, um, can you check this out? What, what's up with this complaint? And he was like, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. He grabbed one of my other managers and we went to his office and he closed the door. And I didn't realize I was getting set up for a write-up oh, fuck. Um, until he started talking. Yeah. So apparently what had happened was um, the guy that we did the job for, his wife was originally the one who booked the job. And she never won. She came outside for like a total of five minutes, like through a cardboard box in the garage and then left. Well, she apparently called in and complained about me and said that um, I basically price gouged her um, because we, we originally came to the job with like a sixth of the truck full of stuff. So we had a ton of space, but she called the call center and said like, they had half a truck's worth of stuff on here. Um, you guys only told me about a full truck is this much. And, you know, you're just making up prices to get more money in your pocket. And before my managers even talked to me, they're, they were like, oh, she must be right. He must have totally lied about everything and had a write-up ready for me. So I talked to him and I was like, no, uh, no, like this, here's the whole situation. And like, she's completely lying. And they ended up like refunding her well over $300, which that directly affects the money that goes onto my paycheck. So yeah. I'm losing money on this. And your reward I points. I get a complaint. Your precious reward points. Yeah, Exactly. So oh, I, what really ticked me off at that situation, they eventually they didn't write me up because they understood what you know I was trying to convey to them. But I think what ticked me off more than anything is the fact that they had a write-up ready for me before even speaking to me um, and were willing to throw me under the bus. And be, it's that, that whole, like, the customer's always right thing, yeah. which, especially in this industry, is complete BS. And then, you know, because, when a psycho um, like that is just completely using that against everybody else. That's just somebody who is a dictator and makes her husband go out there and do all the dirty work. But she sits inside and comes up with scams and nasty fucking situations to blame other people are doing on her, you know? Yeah. And I, I've had quite a few customers like that. And it's always just a way for them to save money, which... You know, most of the time, I, I have no problem going to a customer and be like, hey, I know our service is a little expensive, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me cut you a deal because right. we can kind of haggle with them a little bit. Sure. If, it, if it's, uh, you know, if they have quite a bit of stuff, but it's all on the curb in front of their house, all we have to do is park the truck next to it and just lift it and throw it like two feet. And then, yeah, and I'll, I'll even knock the price half off because it's less work for me. So no skin off my back. Right. Um, but... I, I've had I've had that happen on top of I actually posted in the uh, the group on Facebook because uh, I, I I've been in there for a couple months about how they decided this year that they're not going to do bonuses and uh, they're going to do a pancake breakfast. Oh my god, the cheapest <laughs> um, food you pancakes are like seventy nine cents a box. <laughs> pancake breakfast. Exactly. So. And they were saying, they're like, oh, you know, if you got the day off, you still come in. If you work that day, you know, you're obligated to come in. So 
at first I was going to see if, man, like, I, I don't want to go to this. I don't care. I could get gas station food for the same price and I can sleep in for an extra four hours. Right. Um, but they're like, no, we, we want you guys here for 7.30, blah, 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 hang out and everything, and then we'll get started at 11. Well, we go there, you know, eat, and then sit around for the next two hours, and it's like 9 o'clock, and they're like, okay, well, we should just get started. And we're all kind of like, hey, didn't you say 11? What? It's like, oh, well, I mean, you guys are all here. You might as well just get, get started get to work, you know? So they couldn't bear to see all those work. That they couldn't bear to see all their employees just sitting there enjoying themselves. Like, why aren't they working? Yeah, exactly. And especially like this time of year, you know, with Christmas coming up and all the holidays for gift giving, no one is, you know, calling us and saying like, yeah, I've got an extra $500 to pull all this stuff out of my house. So we're, we're barely scraping by like in the summer on average, I would knock out, I'd I'd make like two or three grand a day, but now I'm lucky enough to get a thousand, which means less on my paycheck and less and everything else. And the only people who are losing out on this are the actual workers because especially what bothered me about the pancake breakfast is for the past six months, we've been breaking records every month. Like they're like, Oh man, this month you guys uh, made us $350,000. Like, all right, that's awesome. But I'm not getting paid enough to, you know, pay my rent. What's going on here? Why is, why are we suffering? But you like, I, I see the boss, like, coming in and he's parking his boat inside our garage bay. No. So that way, you know, it's out of the way for him. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> another thing, but talking about like the dumps, um, we try to like recycle, like we, we go ahead and we try to donate, um, furniture and everything that's in good condition to like goodwills and whatnot. And, uh, if we have any metal, we try to recycle that. So it's less, dumps that we have to spend, which is more money for us, and right. the scrap money that we make. You know, I've had times to where I've literally had a ton of metal, you know, got 150 bucks for it, and then we put that into our billfold at the end of the day, and that doesn't go into our paychecks. We never see that scrap money again. So we, we save money from dumping and giving the company more money, and <sighs> they have, we have no idea where it's going. Um, so I've actually, I've come up with a plan and I've gotten a couple of the other drivers to do it as well. Um, if we go to a scrapyard and let's say we've got like 70 or 80% of metal on the truck, I tell them, you know, I, I talk to the people at the scrapyard and I'm like, hey, you know, I got all this metal on here, but I got a little bit of junk as well. If you let me dump all of this, um, you guys can just keep the money. And they take the deal all the time because that's, you know, more money for them and we get a free dump out of it. Because we've all kind of decided, like, we don't see that money, so who cares? Yeah, and you can make money by saving dump money versus getting and making anything for them in scrap. Damn, that's a good idea. I'm glad yeah, exactly. someone like you is doing the numbers. Because <laughs> there's probably a lot of people out there that would just oh. put up with that regular-ass bullshit. Oh, yeah. I, I've been for months, like, especially when we have uh, new guys coming out. So when you start out, you start out as a navigator because each crew has two guys for the most part, unless it's a big job, like, you know, then we'll have like a three man crew and the navigators pretty much their job is self-explanatory. They navigate the drivers, they take care of paperwork. And I, I've been telling them basically all my tricks. I was like, Hey, working class people, they're cool. Give them a good deal. Upper class people, they don't care about you. Take all the money you can get. Um, even doing like little things to kind of, like the little trick with the square app, I point out the tip bar because 
if you point out the tip bar and they know it's there, they feel a little more obligated to tip. Right. Um, and I mean, that also I would brings tip. up their, bring. I mean, the tip bar makes yeah, me like tip that. every time. Every time I see the tip bar, I'm like, well, 15%, I guess, for this nothing that yeah. I'm doing. You know, like when you buy something from yeah. somebody and it's like in the drive-thru. Yeah. And they hand it to you and it's got a mm-hmm. tip bar. I'm like, all right, I mean, sure. really, you just handed this out the window. And I, I you are a working person, though, 15%. <laughs> right. I don't mean to be mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like if you're carrying my shit out of my house, I mean... I probably got tipped five or six. I basically at the at the uh, at at Chuck E. Cheese. I got tipped probably every few like every four to five parties, and it was never like a person I would have thought was rich, you know. And they would usually give me like four bucks, yeah, because it's not. But it's like I just ran your kid's whole fucking party, right. man. You know, yeah, it made but, sure they had a good time. But yeah, people. I mean, people are way tipping. I think people are tipping more now than they ever have before, though, at the very least. You don't think so? Um, Brett's giving me a look like, I I don't think so. (laughs) I have have found at least in this job, because I've worked in other, I I mean, I've worked at restaurants. I've worked at, like, clothing retailers. So all all my life has pretty much been, like, customer service and whatnot. I found that the people who tip the most have been, the working class people, or if they do come for money, it's younger people. Like, um, so I, I, I'm out in St. Louis, and um, we actually have some of the St. Louis Blues hockey players who call in and schedule with us. So I've actually been to a couple of their houses, and every single time those guys tip, um, which you know they're they're super nice. It's always they the, have they have the, to like, though. I got it older. I got to say that the famous ones have to, like the blues have to, because you will, and you know this, and I did this too. If a famous person <laughs> comes rolling through my place and doesn't tip, I, I'm, I'm putting a word out to everybody, everybody. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I come somewhere and don't tip you, uh, then but, feel free to like just let every single person in the world know I didn't tip you. <laughs> yeah, I like... I don't think I've had a single problem with, like, younger rich people. It's always the older ones, like, um, one over the summer in particular. Um, we went to her apartment in, it's like in Baldwin. And Baldwin in St. Louis is, like, a really, like, upper class area. Like, we're talking half a million dollar houses, and everyone's got, like, a Tesla or some $100,000 car. Um but we go to her place, remove a little bit of stuff. She's only got like a quarter, which is about two forty-eight with us. It's about fifty bucks. Uh, what? How and much she brings charging for a quarter. <laughs> yeah, a, a quarter. So a quarter of the truck is a two forty-eight. Oh. And uh, with our prices as well, it includes like taxes, the labor, and everything in the price. So it's just a flat rate. Um, but then after we get that done, she's like, "Hey, I'm actually moving like two places over. Can you help me move?" the shelf over and I'm like yeah sure no problem we go and move that over and then we get over there she's like oh I actually have more stuff in here can you get that and I'm like okay sure we'll get that and then we get that done and she's like oh and I have boxes of books up on my fifth floor can you get that I was like yeah sure and the way she made it seem was I have one box of books I'm going to go grab it and bring it down so she goes inside the doors are completely closed and it's you need like a key card to get in. So we're out there waiting for 10 minutes and she comes back out with just this mean stank look on her face. 
and uh, she starts yelling at me and saying, like, where were you guys? Why, why did you come and get this? And I was like, oh, sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you were going to, you know, bring the books down. She's like, why would I do that? <laughs> um, so at that point, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I'll go up and grab the books. And at the time, we had a storm, so the power was knocked out. So no elevator access on the fifth floor, five flights of steps. And we get up there, and there's 15 boxes of completely full books. And she's like, yeah, I want you guys to get all this. So we... We get it all done, and at this point, we've been there for like two hours, and a standard job for us takes like 30 minutes. So we're wasting all this time, and we get maybe half a truck, which for us is 378. And I told my navigator, I was like, man, I was like, charge her this. And it, it basically tacked like 200 extra dollars on. I was like, she didn't look in the back of the truck. She doesn't know what's going on, and she was an asshole to us the entire time. She didn't even look at us like we were people. And I know she's not going to tip, which she didn't. Um, so I think it has so more to do with more. I think it really has more to do if you it, just anybody who's worked well, anybody who's worked for a living is going to tip and anybody who hasn't isn't going to tip because that they don't know. They really yeah, don't know they when, have, what you're going home to when you make ten dollars an hour. Yeah, they have no idea. And if you never mm-hmm. had to if you never had to carry 15 boxes of books down five flights of steps, then you just think like I'm sure that, that lady's just thinking, well, they're always carrying stuff up and down steps. What's 15 boxes of books? You know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, that yeah, sucks. And, and we get stuff like that. Like, you know, our pretty standard stuff is just furniture like couches and everything but every once in a while we get like really heavy items like uh the one of the worst things for us is um those fireproof file cabinets which i don't know if you've ever seen those they're literally they're just file cabinets filled with concrete yeah and there was one point to where um the heaviest one i ever had was easily 700 pounds we had three guys there and we couldn't get it at all we spent like half an hour hitting it with sledgehammers to try and break some stuff apart. And we just finally told them like, Hey, we can't get it. And they looked at us like, you know, you can't do your job. And it's like, man, uh, my body, I'm first off, I'm not even the biggest dude. Like I'm like a buck 60 soaking wet. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I'm not, I'm not the strongest guy way. here. So I'm not going to be able to, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lift this above my shoulder, you know, one arm and get it out. No problem. Like you got to realize we're, not machines, we're people, yeah. and you know we're trying to help you out and everything, but we got limitations. Yeah, this is a pretty specialized thing. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate the call. We got other people that want to get in here. Um, what was your name again? No, oh, no problem. Uh, uh, my name's Nick. All right, Nick. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. That was a good call. Uh, Brian went to go use the lavatory, so I'm here. I'm going to pick up the next call. I I just can't imagine not tipping somebody that does all that fucking work. Like, just something. Even just, like, a six-pack of beer. Um, or non-alcoholic spirits. <laughs> Thank you for you calling said Street alcoholic. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking to? <laughs> hey... Hey guys, it's Caleb, the Raptor guy. What's up, oh, the Raptor? Hey buddy, how what, going? I called him the Raptor guy, like he's Sting. Up in the Raptors, good. <laughs> Wrestling fans are out there, like, God damn, this guy's funny. What's up, Caleb? How are you tonight? Oh, I'm pretty good. I am just kind of fucking off in the basement, building a bunch of birdhouses because I need something to do. Every everything Caleb does is bird related. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got to make sure there's things. <laughs> yeah, it pretty it pretty much okay. is. Like, you gotta. I I feel like I'm really getting good at like harnessing my like obsessiveness, That's and good. that you know involves. You know, taking pictures of birds, whatever. Because I don't know, I just think they're pretty cool. You know, no, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't cuss. He just flips the bird, Brett. Birds. <laughs> yeah, birds. It's the word, right? Birds. Uh, only it's bird, Fruit bird, Loops because that's got a bird on the front of the cover. No, that's <laughs> yeah, a great. Got two it's a great way to spend your time. I mean, you help them out, you study them, make sure people don't fuck with them too much. Um, there's a lot of attention that birds need. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, right. Because um, one, one cool thing that's kind of bird-related that happened this week was the, the interior secretary, Ryan Zinke, resigned. And I thought that was pretty cool because he was, he was a guy who was just, you know, up to, up to no good. And who knows, he'll probably get replaced by... So, you know, everybody always laughs because, like, Scott Pruitt had, like, the jack-off booth or whatever. Like, that was a really good, funny running joke that the Sams on District Sentinel had going. Uh-huh. And I, I, I imagine that, like, Ryan... So, I bring up Scott Pruitt, because Scott Pruitt, he's, he's visibly obtuse. You know, he's doing weird stuff, like having a soundproof booth built, like, behind his office. And this Zinky guy is doing the same kind of, same kind of shit. He is... He's he's having flights, like he's having like really expensive, like first class flights, like that are only like forty minutes long, going like up and down the coast of California. And then when like people told him that you can't do that with like government money, he just shrugged his shoulders and was like, rrr, rrr, I don't know. And he did that for a while, and now he's out. And Scott Pruitt got replaced. Crap! I don't even know. I don't even know the guy's name, but I know that his replacement is still like adamant about making sure that the goddamn border wall that's already there, might I add, the border wall that's already there gets finished. And that—that's something that I—I I, I have had luck talking to the libs about. In terms of like, well, you understand that there's a lot of sensitive species down there. The border wall is bad and all that. Right. <sighs> but, but you're never going to get anything yeah. out of the conservatives telling them about. They hate sensitive species. They Conservatives hate nothing more than endangered species. They're like, why aren't they dead already? You're basically? right. Because <laughs> like, no, how many times have you heard? Right. How many times have you like listened to some like Brett, you used to listen to Rush Limbaugh growing up. Sometimes he was always mad about some like, oh, we can't build a power plant because there's a tit mouse out there in the plains that yeah. some environmentalist is really into. And it's like, God, ah, well, I mean, let's not kill off a species. Yeah. <laughs> like, can Be we not do about that? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's always animals are always such a convenient scapegoat. For like the greed of the people who own the stuff, the people who own the timber mills, who own the coal mines, who own the uh, shit, who own the feed companies, that kind of stuff. And they're always, like you just said, Brian, they're always propping up animals. It's like, well, animals are the reason that uh, timber jobs left the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Just those 
the goddamn spotted owls just can't they get all worked they up hate in the bus. It's like, oh. <laughs> but and that's why the jobs left. <laughs> yeah, the people yeah, on like those the jobs left because. The... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Oh, okay. Um, the jobs left because you know the cost got driven down because we decided we we figured out that oh well we can just bring in all of our timber for our cheap ass IKEA furniture from like China and all that other stuff. Wait, what? International trade. Wait. Are we, we're bringing what? Are we not? Look, I don't want to cut down trees, but are we just having them cut down trees in other parts of the world and sending them here instead of cutting ours down? That is, I did not know that. We're, we're the yeah. worst fucking people. Like, there's, could we are like, we need to keep our majestic forests intact in America, but we still need all this wood. So let's go knock down some more majestic forests somewhere else. Yeah, and the real fucked up thing is that the government is actually covering up the existence of Bigfoot because if people found out there was a Bigfoot, then there would be no industry could like go in there and capitalize off of that those natural resources anymore. That's actually true. I like we've theorized this in the past, but I think what happens is logging companies have found Bigfoot and then just killed them and dumped them in a ditch. It was like if they found out there was Bigfoot, they wouldn't let us log this forest anymore. So there's just ditches full of Bigfoots all over the forest. Yeah, there's big, big Bigfoot graves out in the hills. <laughs> but I mean, it is crazy because like it that is a thing that like shows how ugly a lot of the conservative people are because like I know a dude they it used to be that if you were like a hunter or if you were like a uh something like that you would be a conservationist that used to like be a thing you know I I know Teddy my, Roosevelt you're upright yeah well my brother-in-law I mean my father-in-law was a member of both the NRA and the Sierra Club when I first started dating <laughs> my wife and I don't know what the Sierra Club's up to, but I, I do know that, like, it sends a message. Like, he thought he was taking care of the forest and guns, you know? Right. But it seems like now that mm -hmm. whole vibe has just gone out the window where it's just like, well, I like to have a bunch of guns. And I also like to eat out of only styrofoam and roll coal, too. <laughs> like, I, I also want to... Listen, I also want to destroy this planet, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> right, because uh, a lot of it, because I remember once when I was running the trapping blind in Oregon, we had a guy visit, and he was he, he was a nice guy. He, he didn't seem like he was trying to be malicious or anything, but he was, he, we, we somehow got on the topic of talking about spotted owls because we were in Oregon, and Oregon, Oregon locals will tell you that the forest, the, the, the forest in the Pacific Northwest used to be very buried in the, in terms of like the species makeup of like the, there were a lot of different species just naturally growing everywhere because of each species of tree was specifically filling its own niche and it's it's beautiful the way it all just fits into itself. But then you know. With the, the, the capitalists, the white capitalists showed up, and we figured out that it's like, well, wait a minute. Doug fir is a species of tree that grows the fastest. It's, it, it's relatively resistant to 
uh, other environmental factors, like once they get big enough, they're decent at resisting fire, we're just going to cut all the trees down and replant everything with dug fir because the idea was to replant with the species a tree that is most profitable in order to reproduce so you could cut the timber down in 70 years as opposed to 150 years like you would with, say, a cedar. I love so, to make a proper, profitable tree. I love to grow a nice, profitable tree out yeah. there in the woods. Money grows on trees, folks. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, that's yeah, So we basically don't have like real cool forests anymore because we cut down all the trees and planted Douglas firs everywhere. Yep. Ah, yep. Sucks. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I think Joni Mitchell was talking about that. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. <laughs> oh, the coyote, the coyote. This song is about the coyote. Uh, well, I don't. I uh, I I love the birds, Caleb. Are you coming to one of the West Coast shows, or are you like out in Montana or something? No, no. So, right. I, this this is part of what I wanted to call in about. Um, so right now I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Iowa with my family for the holidays. I'm between bird jobs. When you're an ornithologist, you have two choices. You can either sell your soul to the devil and sign up to work for the Fed. And basically, you get squatted into the bureaucratic system, and just I don't know. I have friends who do that, and they're they're having a tough go at it. Or you can do it the way I'm trying to do it, which is basically where you get a new job every three months, <laughs> and that basically it's, it's fun in a way that you get to travel around and work and do cool stuff. But it's also like brutally isolating, you, and, and you never get to see Street Fight Radio live. You never get to <laughs> yeah, see that. Yeah, right, right. It takes away yeah, that chance. You guys were, <laughs> yeah, because you guys were in Des Moines, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm in Oregon, and they're in Des Moines. I love the Bonneville News, and <laughs> that was a cool there, I'm in Oregon, and yeah, no, that place is sick. Yeah. I saw, yeah, I've seen a lot of really good punk, punk and metal shows there, and. Um, but so I, right around New Year's, I'm starting up a new job where we're going to be trapping big old turkeys, and that's going to be in Delaware, and I'm going to be in Delaware's from January's to March. Yeah. And, nope. Uh, not going to see us then. <laughs> well, nope. <laughs> I guess like at the end of, I mean, we're going to be in New York in April. The first week of April, we will be in New York. Who knows what happens after that? If if it's just going to be one show, but. That's not far from Delaware, Caleb. So, I mean, that might be as close no, as we not. get to you. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Uh, well, we hope to see you. Yeah, we, yeah. we hope to see meet you someday. Well, he has the new. Right. Keep going. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, real quick. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before I hang up, because, yeah, I'm sure you guys got calls. Um, so, I was, I'm just going to be, I have to drive from Iowa to Delaware, and I figure, what, what the shit? I might try to come through Columbus. And I already talked to Brett about this, but it just so happens that, like, the way the date shake out, I think I'm going to be going through Columbus on a Sunday night. So what? if you guys are doing a call-in on the 30th, that could be when it happens. We will be here on the 30th, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it might be somewhere different, but you, you're more than welcome, okay? Yeah, we'll be here. All right, cool. All right, yeah, we should yeah, be in town. Yeah. I don't see us leaving quite that quickly after we get back from the west coast and my birthday and stuff so thanks for calling in no, Caleb. 30th of december december yeah, yeah. all right hey. <laughs> oh yeah we're here oh yeah this... i thought yeah, you yeah, said yeah. january yep. yeah you might well, we might I gotta see be there on january 2nd 
All yeah, right. yeah, cool. Cool, yeah, we should be here. Thanks for calling, buddy. Yep. Rushing people off the phone like a jerk, I guess. Wow, I just knew that he had something else to say. I thought he said was... January 30th, and I was like, we should be here. 30th December works. We'll be here. We'll be in this room, I think. All right, let's see. We got a big queue right now. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for coming. Street Fight, who are we talking to? Uh, this is Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Um, over in KC Mo. Oh, hell yeah. What's going on tonight, Kristen? Oh, well, uh, I've had a, a very exciting weekend, and I decided to call you guys and tell you about it. Um, I got I got fired on Friday. Yikes. What, so. what, I, I'm not going to ask you the question I would normally ask because it's me, but what? why did they fire you? I was going to say, what'd you do? But I know that that's not always <laughs> the case. Why did they fire you? What was their reason? Um, I like to hear their, like... Was it like insubordination, chronic absence, chronic uh, tardiness, something like that? Um. So he, I mean, he gave a lot of like kind of stupid reasons, like insubordination. Um. Apparently, I'm a very difficult person to work with. <laughs> but the actual reason <laughs> um, that I got fired was because I said something sarcastic. Oh, get oh, out God of damn um, it. Get thick skin. Seeing yeah. this a lot. Seeing this a lot lately, really? right? Well, I mean, not not on the show, but we've done two now. Undercover bosses. The last two undercover bosses we've done has had a, the owner or the person there get really mad because somebody's a smart aleck, and then like now this, and it's like if these if they're firing people for being smart alecks, then it's over. You know, then you can't even get a Maxine uh, birthday card to somebody without getting fired. You know. <laughs> We don't want to live in that America. Exactly. <laughs> well, what did you do? Yeah. Okay, so there, there's kind of two parts to the story. It goes, like, way back, because my coworker is a very big part of it, and um, and she hates me, and I hate her, and we've been working together while we hate each other for a while now. Been um, there. And, yeah, and what happened is I'm an upholsterer, and I work in a very small shop. It's just me and her locked in a room eight hours a day. <laughs> okay. But uh and our boss, our boss, the guy that owns the company, uh is an alcoholic and he relapsed and like just basically went MIA for weeks. Like we just didn't know what the fuck was going on, no jobs were coming in, no materials were coming in, like we were running out of shit to do. And uh my coworker's super upset and like bitching about it and like saying we should do this, we should do this. And I've been with the IWW for a long-ass time. And uh, so I was like, okay, like, there's only two of us. But, hey, fuck, two, two makes a union. So, um, like, let's do this. Like, she, she actually came up with the idea that we should do a wildcat strike. Wow. And I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Like, let's do it. And so we had, like, this plan. We wrote, wrote our list of demands, blah, blah, blah. Comes down to it. It's Monday morning. We're supposed to not go to work. And I, like, call her in the morning before work. And, like, I'm like, yeah, have a good day off, blah, blah, blah. Like, let me know if he says anything to you. Like, we'll, we'll get this done. We'll get this shit, sort, like, sorted out. And a uh, whole day goes by. I don't hear anything till like, 5 o'clock. And my boss texts me, are you coming in tomorrow? And, like, I call her. I'm like, you know, what should I tell him? Are we coming in tomorrow? And uh turns out 
She went to fucking work. That is, I mean, that. can I ask, like, because you said you guys hate each other. Is it, uh, oh, like, yeah. do you think she was, like, screwing with you or that she just chickened out? I think she chickened out. Okay. Um, we hate each other now because uh, she chickened out. And, like, she, her excuse for going in was that she wanted to confront him personally and she didn't feel like, um, like leaving a note with a list of demands was something she wanted to do. Like she thought that she needed to talk to him face to face and blah, 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 which is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. And like, did she confront she just him? She fucking chickened out. Did she confront him when she uh, went in? She did. She did confront him, but she confronted him as though it were a personal issue between her and him. Right. So she were like, you're doing these things and it upsets me. And I don't, I don't think you're treating me good as a person. Right. Like, like, yeah, but he's also fucking us as employees. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah no solidarity. Yeah. It sounds like the whole, like, I'd just rather deal with HR myself. It does. She really went in on, like, like they're strengthening. She, like, on the phone with you. Like, they're strengthening union. Come on. We got to get together. We need solidarity. And then went home. It sounds like she talked to somebody and they kind of sat down. I was like, maybe I should just go in there. You know, it's really just a hurt feelings thing. It's really sour grapes with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't but didn't tell me. Like left me at home. Yeah. Like the one that didn't show up to work and like so now my boss thinks like I'm just a slacker and like no called no showed. Yeah, imagine being like, more <laughs> more afraid cuz what it sounds like is she was more afraid of you than she was the boss in a weird way. Cuz it was like why didn't she answer the phone and be like uh I'm going to go in. <laughs> I think I should go in and address yeah. this. You, maybe you should come in. But instead, she was just like, I, ca I can't tell her I chickened out. You know? That's her decision to go through with it. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear yeah. her, like, new, like, how she neutralizes that guilt in her mind. Because you're probably right, Brett. She probably okay. said, that was her decision. She came up with all the strike stuff. I just said I'd do it and didn't. And then uh, stabbed her in the back later on that, yeah. that day. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on in her mind, and, and it's a waste of time. But so now um, but you're, that's, that's good, part that's of the a good reason. lesson. Do what? That was a good. That's a good lesson you learned. But now you're stuck. Yeah. Like so now now you're you're there's two people that work at this place and the boss, and now you're definitely number two on the depth chart. Like number like you're under her now, obviously, because you didn't show up to work and she did. Is that, am I right yeah. to assume that? Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, I was under her before this. Like, I was the last person hired. I, you know, she's known him for, like, three years, but. You never had a chance, though. You never had a chance yeah, after that happened, though. There's no way. He he would just, oh, he would have a problem with you no matter what after that, you know? Yeah, pretty much. But he's not, he's, like, barely there. Like, yeah. he shows up for, like, two hours, does some shit, and goes home. So, oh, I love not that big of a deal. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I said something to my coworker about it, and I was just like, that's kind of, like, messed up. Like, you realize that you kind of really put me in an awkward, terrible position. And she, like, stumbled over her words, and, like, after that, she basically just was out to get me the whole time. Like... After that, she didn't like me. She didn't like that I said something to her face. Yeah, that you um, made her address her fucking yeah. shitty behavior. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she didn't want to address her shitty behavior, and I brought it up. And ever since then, it's been 
it's been bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing, though. Yeah. You, like, didn't do anything wrong. She, like, she totally set you up, like, in a way. It's like, I'm sure she didn't think, like, I'm going to set her up and get her in trouble and make myself look better than her. But in the end, that was the effect of saying, we're both going to not come into work tomorrow and leave a note. And then her showing up to work and saying, I didn't want to leave the note without addressing you. Like, she is the one that was yeah. in the wrong, like, like it was her fault and and not she just and there are a lot of people that do this at jobs a lot of times where they want to do water under the bridge you know it's like they're like oh it's water under the bridge this is just a professional relationship it's just a business relationship it doesn't it doesn't matter because we're we're just coworkers you know and that's how they act so they they like so sometimes you'll go into work and somebody'll fuck you over at the job and then you have to be like you're supposed to just forget it the next day and work with them because you're really, we're geared towards being like interchangeable pieces of a machine. Right. So we're never supposed to like confront people like to each other. We're never supposed to confront each other as employees about the behavior. The only person that's allowed to hold a grudge or confront anybody about their behavior is the owner or the boss. Yeah. Yeah. So how did this lead um, to this week? Okay, so that that was like a month or two ago, um, and since then, a lot of shit has happened, a lot of little things that like I've been just basically sucking it up and trying to get through until I can find something else. Um, and uh, I was working on a seat um, that was my boss's personal seat, like a chair that was going to go in his house for him, which I think is a little it. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I I actually have done uh, some seats for him in the past. They all have penises drawn underneath the covers. Like if he ever takes those apart, it's gonna say Chris is a giant dick, like all over it. This guy's getting owned by his furniture um, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I kind of hate this guy. Um, yeah. But uh, so anyway, I was working on him, and I get halfway done, and um. My coworker says that he called and he wants me to switch to this other seat um, that he's decided that the one that I've just spent like two days working on, um, he's not going to keep. He's just going to throw it in the dumpster and he wants me to do this other chair instead. That is also his. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what's like, <laughs> great. Okay. What am I going to, like, what is he going to do with this chair? Is he going to throw this chair in the dumpster too? And she's like, oh no, I think he's going to donate it to school or something. And I was like, well, maybe you should donate his labor to get it finished. And um, she didn't say anything. She walked over to her desk, picked up the phone, texted him. Like, not not a full minute later. What? He's calling my phone. Holy yeah. shit. I pick it up. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, Chris, what's up? Because I like, it didn't even register. I was just like, that's sure. weird that Chris is calling me right now. Um. Jeez. And, like, he's like, I heard you have a problem working on my chairs. And I was, like, in shock. And I, like, roll out from beside, behind my workstation. I'm like, you fucking texted him? Like, you just texted him right now with what I said. And she was just like, she's like, I had to text somebody. You don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> what? what? I mean, but you were text your yeah. fucking husband. Text your husband and tell him all about the lady you hate at work like <laughs> everybody else does. <laughs> 
Yeah, anybody. But like, why the fuck? And like, the thing is, is like, yeah. I said that, and then I started working on the chairs. Yeah, because I'm poor and I need that fucking money. Yeah, right. And people um, do that all the like. How can like that be something that you would sn- like? Every single person does that. Like everybody, when you're working on something and somebody comes in and says, what you were just working on, put that away. This is more important. You're like, oh, well, fuck, I guess. You know what I mean? Like everybody has a smart ass comment for that. That's just the way it is. You feel like you just wasted your time. Yeah. You just spent uh, all, yeah, the last few days. Yeah. You literally did it for nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. To have it be thrown in the dumpster. Like it, it sucked. It wasn't a good feeling. And like, I told him that. And I was like, like, look, I'm working on your chair right now. Like, I said a smart-ass comment, but I'm working on your chair. And he's like, well, you have a problem with it? I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to throw that chair that I, I've been working on in the dumpster. That doesn't feel good. And, uh, like, had this little conversation, and he's like, over and over, I'm like, look, man, I'm working on your chair. I don't have to be excited about it. There's nothing anywhere that says I have to be excited about doing this chair. Yes. And he's like, well, your attitude is a problem. I'm going to give you a choice. Your choice is to work on that chair or go home or clock out and go home and you're not welcome here anymore. And I was like, I'm working on your chair. This is absurd. And he was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? And I was like, this is absurd. Yes. And then he fired me. Jesus, he gave you a choice too. He wanted to fire you from the minute. Ah, do you think that they? I don't know. I don't like. I mean, it sounds like you were on probation. See, like the kind of probation that oh, you yeah. get on, where they don't really tell you. Yeah, where it's no, like, I, next time she says some shit, I'm fucking firing her. You just let me know. I've seen it happen a bunch of times where yeah. you're on like a probation at work, and like nobody, no, nobody told you. Yeah. Like, I've been called into an office yeah. and been blindsided and yelled at about 15 things when I thought I just did one thing. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that has happened so many times. It was just like they wanted to get you at that time. Well, and, mm-hmm. and this is, I mean, this guy really just, this is one of those things where, like, you can't just work here. You have to be fucking happy mm-hmm. to work here. And you'll make shit, and I'll throw it right into the dumpster, and you'll be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, which is stupid like we don't we don't deal with customers like we don't see anybody from like yeah. the outside it's just me and my coworker, and sometimes him and, if and he, like he can't take a smart ass comment either that to me seems that's the thing these these bosses are kind of like they, what you can't take me being a smart ass about something like come right. on and they and they what they are yeah. like, they just feel that they are in charge of you and they control you so that when you say something back like they they don't have to engage with that in any sort of personal way. It's like, wait, you're not allowed to talk back to me. That's what he's saying. That's true. He's yeah. like, you're not allowed to talk back to me. That's plain and simple. But what you're saying was absolutely true. Right. Yeah. You said this doesn't feel good to me. Right. And, and, and like it doesn't. Yeah. Working on something and having it thrown in a dumpster never feels good. It's just not a thing that you're going to be like jumping up and down about, you know? And like, yeah. For him to just like, and Brett it was a said, cool looking chair too. Well, could you have kept it? <laughs> I I wanted to. If I had have not, you know, gotten fired immediately, I would have dug it out of the dumpster, finished it, and put it in my house. Well, but, as Brett, but even like Brett said, he's like, you need to make this chair and like it and be nice about it 
and like I'm allowed to just say whatever I want to you. It just sounds like they had something together going on and they had you they were tired of you and you were you know, especially over that two months, you know, it, like it just seems like you tried oh, to yeah. organize. I'm sure they had a conversation with each other and it came up that you tried to organize the workplace and it was just it was downhill from there because it's just been, you know, like I said, I've been called into an office a bunch of times and had people be like, uh, I thought I got called in for like maybe calling off the day before. And then it's just like you called off yesterday and then two weeks ago you did this. And then last week you did this. And then you, you gave me a shitty look like last Thursday. And then you had a smart ass comment in the meeting two weeks ago. And it's like, man, you've been waiting a while to call me into this office. haven't yeah. you? This has been piling up. huh? Yeah. You really don't know what that lady's been doing too, either. I mean, that's just, that's incredible to have somebody be that out just well, openly an asshole and out to get you she got you fired like that person yeah got she you fired. got me fired and yeah. gets there, there's one more little like outrageous part of this so i had to go back later that day to get my check and everybody was still there and like had it out with chris um in the middle of the shop you and did? like one of the things like he yeah i did um <laughs> Yeah, because I, I don't I don't take shit well. Good. Like I'm I've worked a lot by myself and like doing that whole like submissive like oh thank you sir for giving me this income is that is you know sucks and I can barely afford to live on it. But thank you so much. I don't do that. I can't. Yeah. Like I'm bad at it. I just yeah. I mean that's why so, um that's why I always quit oh. so disrespectfully because I'm not gonna thank you for that yeah i hated you know? it i hated it the whole I hated time it here and i'm gonna fucking let you know when i walk out the store yeah oh yeah absolutely and it sounds good when you do it too but, oh <laughs> uh but okay so the more absurd part so in the process of like talking to chris and arguing with him and um i find out that debbie is basically my coworker. She's been texting him basically every little thing that I do that annoys her. Yeah, that's what and I thought. And he's like bringing this crap up. Like, I didn't vacuum her area for one time when I used it. Like, I, uh, oh, I, I put her scissors in the wrong spot. Like, all sorts of like little, little stuff that she's just been like texting him over and over over the past like couple months. Like, she's just, just disrespectful. She said something smart-ass to me and blah, 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 blah. Did she, uh, um, d- it, d- d- I gotta ask, do you think they're gonna replace you or just give your job to her? Um, I don't, I think, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it just, do. sound, to um, me, it, 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 cause like the way you were describing it, it sounds like they might have been slowing down. A little bit, or like, were they slowing down? Were they just like, we can't have two upholsterers here, so now we're just going to get rid of them, and she's going to do it all? Well, Chris is is leaving, and then she was supposed to like go into the manager role, and then I would be like the like grunt work person. Okay. So I I don't they have to they basically have to replace me. Ah. However, they do it. Um, but uh. Boy, but yeah, I don't excite- know how, how that's going to happen. Excited for the person that works under her as a uh, as a manager. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be some real petty yeah. stuff, write-ups going on. <laughs> she sounds real petty to me. I mean, yeah. it really, to me, it's like, 
I mean, the the stuff okay. about like she didn't put my scissors back where they were supposed to go. That kind of stuff is like this. This is just stuff that happens in an office when you work with other humans. This isn't like I'm not. It's not a microaggression, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Again, this is this is the icing on the cake. Okay. So I think that in her mind, somehow she was like not sure if like. I was coming back at all. Like, wasn't sure if, like, I was fired, fired, or if I was, like, going to try and talk Chris into giving me my, my job back, which is not, not going to happen. But anyway, so I get back to the shop, and as he's, like, spouting out all, all this stuff and this reason that I'm horrible to work with and I'm a terrible person, and he's like, Amy, do shitty work. Like, look at this, this um, shit right here. And he points to these chairs that I'd finished a couple of days ago that were just sitting there. And I look at them. And lo and behold, she, like, took a fucking pair of scissors to him and cut one of the seams open and made it look like I didn't finish the project. And just, like, she sabotaged. She destroyed property to make sure that I was not going to come back. Oh, my God. Wow. How, have you egged her car? You can't say it. But <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, whoa. like, I saw that, and I was just, like, oh, I couldn't even say anything. I was, like... That's not what it looked like when I left, but you know what? I got my check. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's better it, it's better for you to just get out, you know? You you got oh, yeah. you got in what you wanted to say and now you're out and and you can like make a break from this thing and I I imagine if that's the way the business was running, you weren't making a ton of money and that you might be able to find something you know, comparable money-wise. I I think it I don't know how many upholstering jobs there are. It sounds like a sweet job, though. So I, I feel bad for uh, you in well, that respect. Well, there's not so much uh, a lot in the job market, but um, I've been working on for like the past uh, year or so, um, getting a good group together. And I think in a couple of months, we'll, we will be opening Conquest of Thread, which will be a worker-owned uh, sewing shop. Nice. That Good sounds idea. great. That sounds like a much better endeavor yeah. than that bullshit you were stuck up in. in. <laughs> yeah, keep us posted yeah. on that. Anything we can do to help. If, if you are if you guys need startup stuff and or help with publicity or anything, please keep us keep us posted. Heck yeah, I certainly will. Um, yeah, you... it's getting rushed now because I got fired. It was supposed to be like February, but fuck it, January will do. Yeah, that's a good motivator. <laughs> well, you have a great night. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Thank you. Brett, that was crazy. Yeah, that's that was a pretty crazy good. That's the first, I, we haven't had one like that. That seemed pretty unique. Well, we haven't had a, 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 a co-worker turn on somebody. Yeah, with like, like full espionage. Yeah, well, and, and we've had, it's mostly bosses. And we don't, we, you know, I think as in the left even, not just street fight, not just us. I do think there's a tendency to like, gloss over the fact that our coworkers can also fuck us. You know, because we wanna we wanna believe that we can join with them and 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 overtake the place, but there are I times mean, where if you've there's... had a job, you know that. Oh, Every yeah, job yeah. you know that people can't be trusted. Right. But we <laughs> a lot of times try not to bring I I try not to bring that up a lot of times, you know, where it's like, oh some of the employees are real dickheads. Cause then I'm like in my mind I'm like, well they got their own stuff going on and Maybe they're not like being consciously mean. They're just 
they don't know, but that is a person who's being consciously mean and yeah. is just being horrible. Trying to ruin someone's life, mess with somebody's yeah. fucking income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get. Let's... My, my God, what an. God damn it, that lady makes me mad. Uh, well, the, the texting right away, the texting the boss after, like, right away, acting like she's not going to do the chair, because I'm sure that's in her mind. It was like she just said she's not going to do the chair. Right. I need to tell Chris or it's not going to get done. Right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And she was just like, I'm going to call. But even then, it's like, you just can you settle it in the room? You know, let's settle it right here. Let's settle this whole thing right here in this room. It's such a fucking alcoholic move, too, to have some idiot under you that just tells on everybody and doesn't care about <laughs> your ridiculous fucking tirades, you know? <laughs> That's true. What's well, the small business tyrant move to the T is yeah. to always have one person that, you know, chances like I know at the at the at the uh, diner, it was a guy that he just paid a little more than everybody else who came in a little earlier than everybody else who had just a little bit more responsibility than everybody else. And, told, and he would just snitch on you all yeah. the time, no matter what, you know, he took a long break and shit like that, you know, so. All right, let's see who's on the phone next here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh, wait, hold on. Who are we talking to? It's me. Yes. Yep. Hey, Eugene Debs. How you guys doing? What's up, Eugene Debs? A celeb again. How's it going tonight, Eugene? Oh, not too bad. I'm getting, getting pretty tired. I hear that you're, I'm glad to hear that you're thinking about moving that show uh, show up a little earlier. Yes, I would love it's, to. Uh, we are we are working on that. Yeah, that would make my life better. Maybe 2019, It's coming. The the early call in show where I get to go home by midnight instead of three. Well, what's going on? Keep from getting kicked off the air. For, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, no, we're anyway, not going to um, be on the air. What's going on tonight, Eugene? Oh, not too much, man. Um, I got a got a small business tyrant story for you. Okay, uh, cool. You want to hear it? Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was um, when I was younger, I was probably a couple years out of high school. I was working at uh, this mall stand at uh, Palmertown Mall, which is, used to be a nice place in the in uh, the Cleveland area. And um, I worked at one of those stores that sold like light up um, accessories for your cell phone. Like, remember when everyone had like those um, like little V, like the little Verizon uh, flip phones, or like the little ones that look like peanuts. The, the the little uh little peanut um phones and you could like change like the uh face plates on them. Oh and all yeah, that kind I remember of stuff. that. Those were the good old days of yeah, phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could put like a weed leaf uh you knew you were cool because you had like a weed leaf um uh uh face plate on it or like you're like you you could get like uh, an antenna that like lit up when you made a phone call and shit like that. Um uh, I worked at one of those stores, which side note, like I received absolutely zero training on how to take apart people's phones. Or it's like, yeah, hey, here, sell these things to people. And, like, the flip phones, you'd have to, like, take the whole damn phone apart to, like, underlay, like, these, like, light-up, like, uh, keypads on them. And, like, you know, you just fuck up people's phones. And, like, nothing would happen. You know, just, but they would call the owner, and the owner would be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Somehow I got away with it. But, um, damn. really, this guy... Yeah, 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 it's fucked up. But, um, you know, I worked there for six, six, seven months or something like that. And, like, my paycheck stopped coming, right? So I, um, 
I, um, you know, it, it, I was being paid every week, and then like three or maybe four weeks went by, and I didn't get paid. So I was, you know, it kind of became problematic. And one day I come in, and like um, the stands are just gone. <laughs> the stands are in the middle of the mall anymore. So, um, you know, I try calling the guy, I try calling the guy, and you know, he's dodging me because, you know, he owes me money, and I'm, you know, stuck to this business shut down, I guess, for him, but, like, you know, I still want to get paid for the work I did. Yeah. And, um, and I was living with my grandfather at the time, and I was telling him about it, and he, he just got all real fired up about it, and, like, he kind of, like, put the legwork in to, like, take this guy to, like, uh, small small claims court, right? <laughs> <Nice>. Grandpa's brutal, <laughs> man. Thank you, Grandpa. <laughs> Thank you for your wisdom, Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Angry Grandpas yeah, yeah, I mean, kick ass sometimes. <laughs> They're not all Trump yeah. guys. No, well, okay. Well, he uh, he died before he could be a Trump guy, but he would have been a Trump okay. guy. But, <laughs> no, he, yeah. No, he would. What's, what's weird about him is it was kind of cool. Like, he was... Um, you know, he was a troop, but he was, like, you know, before, like, troops were in. Mean, he wasn't, like, you know, it was before Vietnam era, right? So, um... He, he did like twenty. You know, he was. A, he was uh, my, my my grandma was uh, like from a really wealthy family from like the east side of Cleveland, um, and he was just like this poor kid, right? And um, he, uh, but he joined the military, worked in the military for twenty years, and retired at like, you know, before he was even forty, he retired from the military, and then got, went off and got a state. I can't remember exactly what he did, but he got a state job when he was like. 40, worked for them for like 25 years and retired from the state as well. So the dude was pulling two pensions and Social Security. And of course, you know, but then he started, you know, he turns 65, retires, gets all these, basically just getting a shit ton of government money. And just sitting in front of his TV watching Fox News all day and like just hates everybody who is living off the government. That's, <laughs> so like, yeah. dude, what do you, what, what do you, what do you think you're doing? But, um, so we take this guy to small claims court, and um, he uh, he shows up. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had pretty clear. I, I I can't remember what it was, but I had some kind of documentation of the hours I worked and you know how he hadn't paid me in. Um, and I won, and I and I, I should have won. But this arbitrator, um, in, again, Parma, Ohio, which is you know, a pretty racist place, um, and, and this um, and the guy who owned the Cell phone stand was this Middle Eastern guy, and it was like 2003. Oh. All right, and I just remember feeling just so, like I was so happy I won, but I felt so terrible because you get up, I, I get up um, to uh, leave. Like there's them, my, my grandpa's in there with me, and me and my grandpa, the small business parents in there too. And he gets up and he's all pissed because he's lost and he walks out. And no, no, sorry, he, he, the, the arbitrator told us he was going to send us the decision. The guy gets up and he walks out. And the arbitrator's like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to send you a decision, but frankly, I don't see much of a problem with your position. I'm sick of these goddamn Arabs oh. trying to think they can make up their own rules. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, oh yeah, and this was a fucking person, like an arbitrator slash, like, I, mean, I think he was a judge too, you know what I mean? Or somebody involved, like at least a lawyer. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, Holy shit! Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I should win, but like, yeah. you are a terrible human being. Yeah, you know I mean, I, like, I, 
I didn't know what to say. It, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, what a uh, weird situation was, to be in. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> right. Hey, I didn't like him for other threat, reasons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you, just rule, did you just rule my favor because I worked for 50 hours and the guy didn't pay me? Yeah, right, <laughs> that'll, that'll suffice. Yeah, I don't need, like, the other part of what's going on in your brain. Don't, just, only the professional <laughs> stuff, please. Only the lawyer stuff. Don't bring me in on, like, yeah. some sort of racist club. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's trying to get you to join, like, yeah. the three percenters, <laughs> like, on your way out. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, are you sure that you're going to have a picture of the literature? Like, it's probably going to, like, hand you, like, a zine or something like that. And, <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> you're, like, standing there, like, this guy's going to have to give me money. And, like, I don't want to, like, call this guy out on his racism <laughs> and get him all pissed off at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That is crazy. Right. I mean, it was like 2003, like from 2001 to 2005 was a weird, not weird. I mean, it was racism. It's like yeah. not a weird thing in America. There's always tons of racism, but there was like a lot of like getting away with it in the United, like very open getting away with it oh. in the United States at I that time. I was, I was a, I was a junior in high school in uh, 2001 and there was, um, I remember in the locker room one day, uh, not one day, like the day after 9-11, or the first day we went back to school, wherever it was, um, there was one kid who wasn't even, like, Middle Eastern. He was, like, Indian or something like that, but he just had, like, the right skin tone, and, like, everyone was just being fucking awful to this kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. I mean, it was, I'm not sure that, I'm sure you, because you, you, you guys were in high school around that time, right? Well, I graduated, but, but I was out of school by that time, but I saw a lot of shit, you know? It just, if you, yeah. it just, everybody saw a lot of a crazy stuff. It was like an ugly time and we're just now getting, we're still like reconciling that, I think. So, you know, we're still kind so, of getting uh, over that. <laughs> Did you get your money? Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got it. He, um, he, he, he sent me a couple, it, 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 it took a couple months, but he sent me a couple checks and all that kind of stuff and. I'm not really sure what happened. Me, you know, I, what's weird about it is like, I don't even know why that place went out of business. I mean, it, it did pretty good money. I mean, back in that day, back in the day, like, that's what everybody wanted. I mean, those, those little light-up shit for your cell phones and all those space plates were, were pretty hot shit. I mean, know? there's probably high overhead being in a mall, I would guess. Even if you're in the middle of the mall, it costs a shitload of maybe, money to put maybe your place in the mall. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, some of... You know, there's high turnover with those places anyway. I go to the mall more because my daughter's a teenager, and that's, like, the only place she wants to go with me. And, like, uh, those places are different every time. They're just jumping on whatever trend. Any little thing that you can come up with, they're selling. Like, a lot of them are selling Raspberry Pis now, and they put them in, like, a 3D-printed NES box or Super Famicom box, and they're selling that. They're selling, like... Just uh, whatever squishies now too, squishies. lots of squishies because you can buy you can buy a box full of squishies for like fifty cents a piece, and people here are paying like eight and nine dollars for them. Yeah, yeah. So that that's yeah. they just go yeah. out of business because either they run out of product or they they just. It yeah, is I mean, really probably, a weird business to be. I think in. a lot it's of a, not a lot of money to be I made think a lot there. Of them are, yeah. I think they're money laundering schemes. I really do think most of them are money laundering. Some of them, probably. <laughs> a lot I, of the bars. I, I worked in malls. 
a, a lot of the places, malls for a long time. Right. But, a lot of the places in malls do seem like a little weird. Like you, you just like you walk by them and you're like, who would ever go in that store? Like, how is how is that in business and who would ever walk in there? There's well, never anybody there. Yeah. And there are other situations where people get a hold of a ton of money and then they're able They're like, we'll be right in the mall. We'll be basically, <laughs> you know, right where everybody's ready to spend. And it's like, you're terrible at business and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been in the mall. Right. I was in the mall the Sunday, uh, Saturday before, you know, right now it's the 20 or the 15th, right before Christmas. And there was a store in there and we're walking and there's this store in there. And I look at my kid, I'm walking with my kid. Yeah. I was like, you want to go in there? And she was like, no, who would want to go in there? Nobody was in there. There's nobody in a store. They were just all walking by this one store. Like they were just selling like, like women's clothes, like pretty much the same clothes they sell at the other bigger stores. You know what I mean? But it was like an independent outfit. Everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. That will be there. You know, stores will still be there in January. So if you want to return something, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, Eugene, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay. We got to get one more in and get a break here. I got you. We're, We're rolling through, man. We're rolling through these things. We're trying. We got a lot of calls tonight. They just keep piling up. That's a lot of people. I don't know if we're going to get to all of you. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Hey, hey. Uh, This is uh, one of your mod cops, Ryan. I am starting a timer for five minutes. Oh, you're taking five minutes. I drone on for so long. Okay, okay. I don't want to drone on and ruin the show like I sometimes do. Please don't ruin the show. uh, This is a big show for us. I know, it always is. Uh... I just got. I just wanted to give you an update on what this uh, Nazi hunting data scientist uh, group is doing. Okay. Um, but before that, uh, I wanted to read off. There's some job opportunities in New Orleans, um, and this being a podcast for working class people, I thought that would be a cool thing to read. Uh, Current Affairs, the magazine. It's like a lefty magazine. It's good. Let me just read the post from the editor-in-chief. If you are interested in possible future employment opportunities with current affairs, have editing, design, marketing, or administrative experience, and live in New Orleans or could relocate there, email Nathan at currentaffairs.org with a resume, and we will inform you when positions open. We'll be looking for kind-hearted and committed lefties who understood and appreciate our magazine's work. Pass this on, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I partied when I was with New Orleans with their, like, administrator, like their current administrative maven, Kate, and, like, she said it was a great job. So I just want right. to pass that on. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you for that. Just street fighters, lefties, you're all kind-hearted. I've met so many of you. You're kind-hearted, and, and you're lefty, and you're great. And if, if that's you, you should apply, you know? Um, so, uh, I would ask you how you're doing, but I've been looking at this podcast. I know you guys are doing pretty good. Um, we're feeling great. I just wanted, I wanted to let everybody know like this, like, you know, spooky data science group. Uh, they just corrected an FBI indictment, um, against a neo-Nazi. So I wouldn't say they're working with the FBI because they didn't talk to the FBI. But the FBI brought an affidavit and arrested a neo-Nazi. 
Um, and their affidavit was wrong. Like it had a bunch of factually incorrect information on it. Uh, so this is back in late November. This data science group that I know some people in but don't do anything with, um, they corrected that. And now this fucking Nazi is probably going to spend a long time in a cage. And, uh, you know, I'm a prison abolitionist, so hopefully he's the last person we'll let out and then put on an ice flow before we abolish prison forever. Right. But, uh, yeah, the group's brought down, like, 16 web pages now and has corrected an FBI affidavit. And also, finally, just this week, um, a lot of uh, fascists like Sargon of Akkad and all this who've been banned from a lot of platforms, uh, they found a new platform called Subscribestar and got on it. And they were, like, I mean, that's where they were all going. Like, they... They were letting anybody in. Well, now they're now it's gone. Like now, um, Stripe, PayPal, uh, Braintree, and uh, one other place. All the all the big places where you can get payment processing done have dumped this website, and it's pretty much destroyed it. Uh, there were some cool people on there, so I, the members of the group do feel bad about that. But like. You know, you had Nazis getting money, and now Nazis aren't getting money. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to let people know about that. Um, it's cool. Thanks for the update. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, for your own WCRS, uh, you know Sabotage the Future? Yeah, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Rob. Rob interviewed me, and I... Nice. I talked about like Robbed. AI and leftiness or whatever. Oh, cool! Nice, that's yeah, awesome. Really Rob is cool. Yeah, no, Rob is fucking super cool. Rob like, is was, one of our had a great time. staunchest defenders for the whole seven years we've been on WCRS. Rob has had mine and Brett's back every single time. Sometimes he has to be like, that is can, so you, good. can you guys cut the malarkey a little bit? Like, there's been times where he's had to <laughs> rein us in. But, I mean, anybody that's working with me and Brett has to rein us in. We're, we're uh, what is it? We're chronically illegal. We can't <laughs> ever figure out how to do something. Well, illegal. you're anarchists, man. You're anarchists. <laughs> you're, like, above and beyond, you know, the law and, like, the legal system. Yeah. All right. All right, Ryan. It's well, good to talk to you. I also, I, I also uh, uh, interviewed with the Blockchain Boys, and they were great. They're, they're street fighters. That's how uh, okay. they reached out to me. But that's my timer. That's my five minutes. Hey, I, I, I still, I still believe in every single street fighter, and I love you all. No, oh, that's so well, beautiful. Thank, thank you. you for calling in and sharing that nice sentiment. Uh, happy holidays. Have a good happy night. Happy holidays. You want to do bye. one more bye and bye. then take the break because that was only five minutes. What do you think? Um, or do you want to take the break? I kind of. It's called to... edging. Yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> I'm not going to go into any further detail. It's just that you think that we'll be able to last longer. No, we... well, it'll feel better when we get the break if we hold it off longer. But we can take. Let's take the break, man. I'm cool with it. It's an hour thirty. It's the exact right. perfect we'll amount edge. of time. We'll edge. Are we edging? We're gonna edge real quick, Jason. We're edging. He's like, God damn right it! Right to the brink. <laughs> Almost had a break. Watch this. Now we don't. Thirty-five minute call. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Oh shit! What's up, y'all? It's uh, Mississippi Willie out here in the capital of our beautiful Magnolia State. 
What's how up? How the hell y'all boys doing? Doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> we are good. Oh, good, good. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just relaxing after I got off work, crushing a few Keystone lights. <laughs> I like Mississippi. Um, That's a refreshing brew. I love it. Is it hot? Is it, you have a hot, is, is it hot down there all the time? It usually is, and, like, it just kind of dropped temp, like, into the winter, you know, like this week, and it really sucks going from, like, 70 every day to, like, fucking 40. It feels, like, terrible. Yeah. I know a, that's, like, I feel that's probably hot for y'all up there, but. I have been walking around in T-shirt. Like, I've been walking around with, like, a long sleeve T-shirt on, and it's 40 degrees, and I feel fine, so. It's it's Shit, nice. I'm, out, I'm outside smoking a cigarette right now and wearing three coats. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mississippi but, uh, Willie. I'm glad he called in. See, we edged <laughs> and it, it came out on top. So what's going on tonight, Mississippi Willie? Man, I just wanted to let y'all know about the Burger King jug because uh, <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I know, Brett. He doesn't like fast food, but uh, I know you do, and then maybe uh, some of your listeners do. But Burger King, man, if you get any receipt that you find, you can just write a random code on there, and they'll give you a free Whopper. <laughs> Good idea. I do like free food. I do like free meals. And Brett, but Brett, a thing about Brett is that he actually won. He likes Burger King's veggie burger, right? right. I'm not go out of school. We don't have those here yet. Two, Brett also likes just getting a burger with no meat and putting the French fries on the bun. I do like frying. <laughs> I like fry burgers as well. So it helps Brett too. You can order a Whopper without bread, yeah, or without meat. A Whopper without bread is vile. Oh, yeah. well, I got that protein style. I told, you, uh, I told you yesterday, Brian, I said, you know, Burger King is the fast food of the proletariat. It, it really is. I just get free burgers all the time. That is cool. I they mean, it's just stop. the worst place of all. T- Me and Brett ate at one uh, on the way to one of our live gigs. And uh, it just, they got to, they need to do what, I, 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 they need to do what Domino's did. That's what needs to happen. They need to be like, well, look, it's y'all. Bad, but like, <laughs> if you go in there with low expectations in the beginning, you're either going to be presently surprised or you're going to be like, all right, well, this is shit, but I knew it was going to be. Yeah. I don't mind. But they yeah. need to own that. They need to revamp it. They need to say, we know we've been bad for the past decade, that you don't want to step in here <laughs> because it still looks like it's 1994 and, and like all the same like fake plants are in here. We're also out of everything. <laughs> we know that none of the machines work in here. You can't get an IC <laughs> and all the, you can't ever get an IC and all the pops are like, empty the bag in a box is empty but you know what now we're different we're working real hard and they maybe even need to go artisan really because what no well what i mean i just deci- want the foot lettuce i'm down with that what they've decided to do now is just be like we'll give you 10 chicken nuggets for a dollar yeah. <laughs> like, they're just really <laughs> not like trying anything new they're just being like um they're the double down brand <laughs> They are. They're double. They're, they're definitely double. I saw that somebody DM me one, or somebody sent me a thing on Twitter one time. And they're like, "Did you know you can get ten chicken nuggets for a dollar at Burger King?" And I'm like, "I don't like want ten of anything for a dollar, like meat wise. Yeah. Like it just ten for a dollar meat. It, that's. I mean, maybe it's loss leader, but I don't think it is. Let me ask you about this code though. Does the code have to be a certain length? Mississippi Willie, did we lose you? 
I think we lost him. It's showing he's still there. You still here, buddy? Can you hear us? The mic's working. Everything's working. Oh, man, we love that guy. Yeah, he was our new favorite caller. Now it's break time. He he was Mississippi Willie. He jumped to the front. He was going to get his fir the first listener show uh, shirt made. Listener he was of the a king. Show shirt made. He was a king. Mississippi Willie, you're a king. We're sorry it got disconnected or you whatever. Should be the burger. He should be the new Burger King. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I would, I would eat there. All right. We edged. It's break time, baby. Well, yeah, but then, yeah, okay. Yeah, but then. <laughs> All right, thanks for uh, listening to the show. We're going to take a break here. I got some music for you uh, from other caller to the show, Young Chomsky. You can find some of his labor wave jams over on soundcloud.com slash young, spelled Y-U-N-G dash Chomsky. So enjoy the show. We will be back in 10 minutes or so. I got to get something to get my throat in order. You're listening to Street Fight Radio on WCRS. It's the best. Let's do this shit. How do I, I don't know how to play this all right. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's going to be good. Power. Propaganda. Tell. Power. Propaganda. Power. Propaganda, terror, power, power, propaganda, power, 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 power,
like those jams that is young chomsky from soundcloud that song was called watching you the other one was kill all men and the one before that was power propaganda you can check those tracks out and listen to more on soundcloud.com slash young y-u-n-g dash chomsky check him out give him some support he's uh called into the show he's a good fucking dude so give him your time and attention and jam some labor wave this holiday season we are coming to you live from the free press studios out of columbus ohio we are part of the pacifica radio network we are street fight you can listen to us in columbus ohio on wcrs fm 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside that 270 outer belt it's street fight the best community radio that there is wcrs i'm brett he's brian thank you to all the people watching on the stream as well we are I'm in the chat. I'm chatting with all you chatty chats in there and um, looking at what you're saying and happy that people have something to do before work starts this week. Right? Yeah. Yeah, before you go to work and get fired this week. Yeah, before some employee <clears throat> decides to text the fucking boss every single time you make a snarky remark. Not fair. And our listeners have too many snarky remarks. If that becomes the new standard, then we're in deep trouble. Well, we had an issue with that with Ronnie on uh, the episode of Undercover Boss that we did recently where there was a guy that was just being a little too jokey and it uh, completely shocked the owner of the company or the whatever she was. Yeah, he just said he didn't like employee or uh, He said customers. he hated customers. So you'll see that tomorrow. Pro- or Well, you'll see that. You will have already seen it by the time this is released, but it's a good show. It's so. coming out tomorrow, Monday, for all you live stream people. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Uh, is this me? It this is. is you. Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Robert, uh, the security guard in St. Louis. 
What's up, Robert? How are you? I talked to you last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you guys are doing all right tonight? We're we're feeling pretty good. We're back at full strength. It's nice to have Brett here across the table from me playing music and just being an all-around all sweetheart. I also put some minions yeah, up definitely. on the live stream for everybody. Yeah, I feel like a special kinship with Brett because, like, uh, he said something whenever I first started, like, listening to the show. I like the very first episode. He's like, I live for the plant. And, like, I just, like... And since then, like, me and Brett, like, I always feel like it's special. Like, nothing against you, Brian, of course. But, like, me and, me and Brett always, like, I always feel this kinship with him. Like, everything he says. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, absolutely. He's, um, he, he, I mean, I, I agree with him a lot, too. So, I'm with you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, Thank I, you. I mean, especially, like, you just, I love it. I love it. Like, I, I'm talking about you like you're not, like, right there. But, you know, like, I love when you get angry. And, like, I'm like, yeah, if you was like, uh, like. Not, like, I don't know, like, I get angry a lot whenever, like, I start thinking about things, and, like, I'll go on that hole, you know, I'll go down the hole, and then, like, I'm just pissed off for the rest of the day, because I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that's the thing um, that's nice about doing it here, is that I just get to do it here, and then, because otherwise, I don't want it to ruin my whole day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I have one short thing that, uh, about my wife and then, uh, just like an update on like, uh, the workplace stuff that I'm doing and like, uh, (laughs) how I wanted to, uh, how I started doing that. Sorry, I'm a little high right now. Um, but, um, so my wife, uh, at work today, so she works at Starbucks, um, and, uh, she has some stories, but like, she doesn't, you know, want to get on the phone she was like making fun of me for it earlier and i was like you don't understand (laughs) but um but yeah so uh she was uh at work and they did like a happy hour thing all weekend and uh they understaffed because of course they did and uh she calls me at least once a week with like an emotional breakdown like where she's crying and i'm like yeah i know i i i get it right and then i like let her you know, I let her cry it out and everything, and I'm like, I know, just just make it through today. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's all you got to do, just make it through today. Yeah, that's very and, uh Yeah, but uh, today, so she calls me, and uh, she got very angry with me, which is unusual. Uh, and she was saying that she uh, took a picture of essentially, like, the inside and, and like, the drive through and uh, sent it in the group text to her manager and just said, help, right? And uh, her manager responded, um, you still had time to take a photo, though. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, what uh, an asshole. Uh, well, no, it's a, it's a woman. Well, her, her an asshole can Jen. be either. Women can be assholes. Women trust can me. be assholes. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I that's guess. insane. Um, that is, oh, man, that's really... Um... Yeah, that was some, yeah, she told me that. I was like, oh, man, like, I, I forgot that you guys were, I for some reason, I didn't think you guys were doing a call-in show tonight, and I was like, oh, I'll have to talk about that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, and then they think that's managing, is just have a response, even if it's, like, a completely shitty thing to say. Or, like, useless thing to say. Right, useless, really. Yeah. yeah it doesn't really help the issue. Yeah, and she's like, She's like, well, what, you know, what should I say back to her? And I was like, honestly, just leave that alone. That's not even, like, like, what do you say to that? 
fascinating. I, okay, you obviously don't give a shit. So Yeah, that is hard. It feels like what's the fucking point? Right. Um which on that uh on that narrative, uh so I thought about it, I called in all uh last week and I was all excited talking about like unionizing my workplace and everything. And uh I uh kinda stepped back uh, as Brian suggested, and I was kind of like, you know, what can I do from my position? And uh, so uh, the, we do personnel inspections, and uh, essentially the the service, ma- the client, the account managers uh, keep trying to push, like, responsibilities off on us uh, because they're salaried, and so they don't want to do work, so they just kind of write us notes or, like, send us emails and then leave before we can talk to them about it. Um, and then blame it on us whenever we don't get it done, and then they get bitched at. So um, I started going around to the sites, and uh, I would I'll I'll do my personnel inspections, and then uh, essentially I'll just throw it in on the end. I'm like, if there's anything at all that you that would make your work experience better here, um, just uh, just let me know, right? And uh, a lot of the times it's like pay. And whenever they bring up pay, I'm like, hey, okay, um, I don't want to bring that up just because, like, you could get in trouble. Um, but uh, that is an issue that I've been noticing a lot. So if I can take your name down just for, like, personal reasons. And uh, usually I'll be like, I can give you my number, uh, you know, and I'll give up my personal number just so that they're like, you know, know that I'm not going to screw them over. Right, or tell uh, them. kind of deal. Yeah, Exactly. And, uh, I, I, you know, I've gotten about 15 names of people that are like that, uh, in addition to a couple other people that just have, like, really petty complaints that, like, I'm super stoked to bring up to about management. Because I'm going to go back in about uh, a month, because uh, that's about the window that uh, we want before we hit a site again. And uh, maybe a little bit earlier, just because I'll get excited, and I know I will. But uh, go back, and then whenever the issue's not fixed, just, like, go in there and ram some ass. And... Uh, Ideally, they'll give me uh, either a little bit more authority or they'll get their shit together um, because they'll get tired. But if they, it, like, if they give me more authority, which I think they're trying to do uh, just to, like, get the workload off them. And if they give us things like, you know, uh, the ability to essentially fix those issues. Like I have one lady who just like hates her manager and can't get anything done about it. Like HR won't listen to her. Like nobody will. And she hates coming to work. She's worked there for like 14 years. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to deal with that. So I'm just waiting for them to give me like, Hey, uh, you need to go fix this, uh, you know, permission. And then, you know, if I can start, uh, getting, letting workers out there feel like they had people on the office that actually worked for the company on the inside, yeah. uh, you know, and then these pay issues are coming up, which we also feel in the office. Uh, maybe that can move into something. That's my mindset. Um, you know, and I'd love to talk to somebody, uh, you know, Brian reached out to me, you know, last week, you know, I'd love to talk to somebody about, uh, there's that IWW person I called in, you know, somebody like that. Uh, I just don't know where to look. Uh, very interested. Just need direction. If the, is there a um, local where you're at? Like, uh, if you don't, what city you're in? Is that St. Louis? Yeah, there's. Uh, an, I mean, I'm on. Uh, I I work in St. Louis. I live in Illinois, but there's a um, local IWW yeah. in St. Louis. They actually brought us the mics. 
they they brought us a sound system and we went to a dinner and they're pretty big IWW. Uh, if if they don't get a hold of you, I would find their because they're probably on Twitter or Facebook and you can find and send them a little thing and they will absolutely work with you. I don't remember any of the people, okay. but but St. Louis has a big IWW, like bigger than most cities we've been to. Yeah, I was I was just like uh, stationed like. Uh, like I, I just got out in maybe back in April, and like I was down in Georgia, and like I kind of knew some people uh, down in Georgia, but like I wasn't like uh, really part of the workforce, and you know, like I wasn't really like out here like talking to people, and like the more that I interact with people, the more that I'm like, yeah, I mean, like something needs to be done here, you know, like I'm more akin to it now, I guess. Um, so like I actually want to get involved, and you know, I'm. I'm new back to the area in that circle, but, uh, yeah, um, I'll look into it. Yeah. I, I, I'm checking Twitter to see if they have a page for their IWW, uh, in, in St. Louis. And I'm not, I'm not like finding it right now, but like, uh, I follow the DSA and everything on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, but like, I just, I keep me in and like trying to go to meetings, but like I work on the days that they have meetings and I work, uh, um, two to ten. Yeah. Uh, so my schedule is like pretty limited. And, um, yeah, and there's a lot. I of, think they have an event next week that I'm going to try to get to. There's also a lot of overlap too with the IWW and the DSA in a lot of cities because so, sometimes the IWW is pretty small. So the people in the IWW will also be in the DSA as like overlap to ha- because it's a bigger organization. And uh, you know, either one of those organizations will be able to help you. There's usually an organizer. Somewhere and like I said, the IWW in St. Louis were really kind to us, and it looked like there were a decent amount of them. So I would definitely go looking in that direction, and I, I'm I'm willing to bet they'll help you out there. Okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you guys. Thank you for calling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have a good night. You too. I wish I remembered any of the stuff from St. Louis, but there was definitely an IWW there. They were pretty, uh, as I would say, robust. It was, yeah. it was a robust. There was a lot of people there. Yeah, St. Louis was a good turnout for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, we went to that people. dinner. We had someone from the First Church of Cannabis was there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we went to that dinner, and that's when oh, the guy went and got yes. us the thing. So there were a lot of them. There that's were there true. were a ton of them there. That's true. All right, let's see who's next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up? This is Young Chomsky. Hey, buddy. Hey, we, we just, just played your tunes. I I heard. I was actually, um, that was a funny coincidence because I was on the line um, not knowing you are going to play it. And uh, I was like, hey, who's that? Uh, I know that music. It's <laughs> good stuff. I want to subscribe to that guy's feed. Well, how do you do that? Uh, you go to SoundCloud slash Young Chomsky and you hit subscribe, I guess. Nice. Well, what's going on tonight, Young yeah. Chomsky? Well, first of all, not to name drop, but I just wanted to say that we had um, our mutual friend Brace over for dinner last night, and uh, let me tell you, we are still putting this place back together. Uh, <laughs> you know, after you have that guy, he makes a goddamn mess. He's a sweetie. He's a fun guy. He busted up the whole joint? Yeah. You know, he just comes in like a, like a Brace in a china shop, as the, as the saying goes. <laughs> 
No, we had a good time. We, um, my my girlfriend, um, mostly prepared, and I helped a little bit, like a little a little post Hanukkah pre Christmas meal, and um, and it was lovely. Um, get that boy some in, good food. Get, get that boy some good oh. food in him. He doesn't know how to cook. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, well, and we had we had nog. That was my main. I don't know where you fall on the nog spectrum, but I'm a big nog. I'm a big nog head. I I live that nog life. <laughs> Okay. Brett's uh, a nog head. I fucking I'm not. love nog. Yeah. But do you ever do the coquito? Yeah. I don't know what that is. So it's like a traditional Christmas drink that's made with coconut cream instead of eggs. Okay. And I think I'm going to go for that this Christmas. But I did have I did have a nog already. Fucking love it. Easy to make at home. I also did it with yeah. like stevia and pea milk. So I like a nog milkshake. Okay. We have a local place, UDF, which is uh, United Dairy Farmers, and they have milkshakes. And if you go in and order one, the person behind the counter will absolutely hate you for the rest of your life. But they have really good mm-hmm. eggnog milkshakes there. <laughs> I nice. think the nog has to be really cold for me or I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. So, uh, um, well, so what do you put? Yeah, yours? what I wanted to talk about for a minute was um, firefighters, basically, and, and whether they're cops. Um, okay. And because uh, uh, you had a caller, I was listening to, I guess it was a few weeks ago now, who kind of brought this up. It's an ongoing discussion. Thought, it's an ongoing yeah, street really fight discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of it's kind of close to home for my life right now. So uh, and it's kind of been on my mind, and I was thinking it would be a really good street fight conversation because, um, you know, so I, yeah, I, I spoke to you guys way back at the beginning of this year about how I kind of got, um, forcibly, um, you know, shown the door at my tech job here in San Francisco. And since then had this kind of soul searching journey. And what I ended up doing was, uh, I enrolled in an EMT course and I'm actually going to be graduating from that course in a few days. And the thought was I basically had this conversation with a friend, a DSA friend, who put this idea in my head about that I could uh, become a firefighter. And so I was just like, it was kind of one conversation. And I was like, well, that sounds so crazy. It just might work. Um, you know, to me, the appeal was like, I'm so sick of this tech industry. Like, you know, the money's good, but it's just like all about profiting for venture capitalists. And it feels so kind of soul-sucking. Right. And the idea of being a firefighter for me was like, well, this is necessary work. You know, it's something that's actually valuable for society, and it requires physical fitness, which I'm into. And I was like, it's something I could do, and maybe I would feel good about what I was doing. And uh, so it turns out that the, what you need is to be a le- licensed EMT. So I was like, well, let me just take this first step. I have no idea what I'm getting into, but I'll just try this course. And if nothing else comes of it, I'll, like, learn stuff about how to save people's lives. Yeah. And, like, that'll be cool. So, yeah, I've been taking this course, and it's been, like, super eye-opening and enlightening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know where to start. I'm not, you know, going to try to keep it short. But I think that I'm probably not going to be a firefighter. Really? Um, I think it's probably going to be the end of the road for me. Yeah, I mean, just for mostly for practical reasons. But, like, as far as my kind of idealistic view of it, um, I, you know, I did meet some people, so I had to do ride-alongs, you know, uh, like in an ambulance, I had to do two shifts and I met some interesting people. Um, I did rode along on an ambulance with the fire department 
And it was really interesting. So the first time I did that, like the first dude I met was this guy, this big muscular dude wearing a shirt. And this is like an official department shirt. And on the front, it has the Punisher logo with a bullet hole in it. And on the back, it's the fire department with the American flag. And this dude was just this kind of loudmouth, aggressive. And I think he was like showboating for me a little bit. But he's talking about like his guns. And then he, he, he said something that stuck out to me. He's like talking about being married. And he's like, he's like yeah, uh, you know, he was a white guy. And he said something about his wife. And he's like, yeah, my wife, she's Persian. And that was like the first thing out of his mouth. And I just feel like that's kind of a genre of like a white dude who will tell you really quickly that about his wife and like mention her ethnicity, which is not white. Or just I mean, um, he could also possibly. I mean, there is a lot of white guys that just tell you the races and every of everybody in a conversation. Like I know a lot yeah. of them. That is like a whole thing that happens. And I work with this guy, black guy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, geez, what, it's just set in the scene. Yeah. It's just like what a is, It's just like a novelistic detail. Yeah. What What does that have to do with the rest of the story? And it usually turns out I didn't hate him. Is like the end of yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. But so like very shortly afterwards, I'm on the ambulance and I was trying to keep my everything kind of close to my vest uh, politically. Um, not like I, this is a 12 hour shift. So I didn't want to make anybody in the ambulance uncomfortable at the beginning of the shift. But uh, I started talking to the, uh, the guy. The, there were two people in the ambulance and um, we started things started getting a little political. or I just couldn't help it. And then. I think he was saying he was reading Ruth Bader Ginsburg's autobiography. And he's Ooh. like, you know, uh, it's making me respect Antonin Scalia a little bit more. And then I couldn't Ooh. resist, so I kind of went, went in on that a little bit. Sure. But he, he liked what I had to say. And then it ended up with him rolling up his pant leg, and he's got a fucking hammer and sickle tattoo on his cap, this, this paramedic. And I was like, holy shit. So in conclusion, basically, that story, like the fire department is a land of contrast, I guess. Um, can I, with the moral of that story. Can I say, here's the thing. The yeah. fire department should not be using the Punisher as like their model. They're, they right. are not Punishers. <laughs> no, they don't punish. <laughs> they punish fire, Right, and that's I what guess. drew me to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the fire department really does sound like a place where it would be like, nice people but it really is that the people that want to help yeah but it's people with a hero complex i want to do this and i want the respect that goes along with this and the valor and stuff like that a lot of times i think and i think that's where you run in to the more right-wing guys you yeah. know it's the same thing when you talk yeah. to you can talk to all kinds of different people from the military and there are some that'll like any pushback you give against the troops or something like that or, or something, they'll be like, you weren't there, you don't know. And then there's other people who want to genuinely engage in a conversation with you about your feelings about the military, and it, it doesn't hurt their feelings. They don't give a fuck, yeah. yeah. They, don't give, they don't care whether you respect them or not. And to or me, the military, they don't take it personally. Right, and to me, it seems like that is an ideological line. It's like the people that demand the most respect for these things that they do that are supposed to be selfless in the end, turn out to be reactionaries or conservatives a lot of time because they're not doing it to be nice. They're doing it to be heroes. You know, the the the, the yeah. Punisher firefighter guy is doing it because he knows that when he tells somebody he's a firefighter, they'll be like, wow, you're brave, dude. You're yeah. really cool and brave. You're, right. You punish that yeah. fire. 
You like put a bullet in that fire's head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I always wonder what that means for like, I always wonder what that kind, like, I hope it doesn't like affect the way that they do their work. It absolutely has to. I know. I know because every part of you affects the way that you do your work, but you hope at least in a way it's not like, I hope this guy isn't like letting his racism get in the way of his work or his, his uh, classism get in the way of the things he's doing. But I mean, I don't have any proof that it doesn't. I, my politics invade every facet of my life you know and i know brett has said you you know you've said the same sort of thing where like your politics just seep out of your pores it's impossible not to live sort of based on those things and that's what makes me nervous about like i think the fire department all in all is a good like something we need but i do worry that like it's in the hands of the same kind of people that the police are I, I just worry that yeah. it's in the same hands as the police department. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, yeah and there, yeah, that's, that is, that's, I, I, like I said, I don't have any anecdotal evidence of like, you know, anybody being not reactionary asshole, but I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of folks that just, I mean, I'm just wondering with that sickle and hammer guy, like how long ago did he get that tattoo? And like, is he, does he care at all about the guy wearing the, the other shirt or is he just like accepting it as part of the job type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about that other guy. He was like, I mean, I could tell there was kind of a little bit of, there was like a friendly tension between those two dudes. And I talked to the, the hammer sickle guy and he told me how he used to be like the shop steward in his union. And he used to like travel around like doing union stuff. And okay. I was like, yo, check out like, uh, here's the uh, email for our labor committee in DSA. Like maybe you want to get involved. And I don't think he, like I emailed him and, I don't think we ever got him involved, but um, as to what you said, like I have a, I have a few thoughts and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up. But like in my experience, one thing that I found meeting people in my EMT class and then like at fire departments and like orientation events I went to that kind of, I guess it shouldn't have surprised me, but like, again, I had this kind of idea in my head about what I was there for. But what I heard from some people is that or, or let me say that for me, obviously, like this had this kind of idealistic view of why I was going to do this, right? That I, I was leaving tech and because I, I wanted to find something fulfilling that meant something. But I guess kind of obviously for most people, that's not why they're going into it. Um, they're doing it because it's a job and because they think, you know, there's good job security and like good benefits and there's good pay and because it's exciting and like there's respect and there's, you know, people look up to you. And, but the thing I was going to say kind of surprised me is I heard from people at the fire department, they were like, yeah, I was considering either this or the police or the border patrol. You know, they talked about those like they would have, or, you know, or there was like, or the military, like those are all kind of things that we're going to go into. Interchangeable jobs in a way. Yeah. I would say those are like service. I will say about paramedics. I, I think they're a different type than the fire department i mean first of all they don't make a ton of money from my understanding at least in columbus they don't make a ton of money and like it seems like something you genuinely do if you want to help people because i mean that's really what you're doing you know that like that's the real deal like driving the ambulance and and helping people out so i do feel like there's there's a difference between them and firefighters on top of the fact that they don't get the same respect they don't have a they don't have a paramedic flag 
You know, like they don't have a paramedic, yeah. paramedic thin whatever. The fire department took their red line. Yeah, the red fire cross. De- fire department got it. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I uh, like that everybody we've talked to on this subject has sort of been on the side of like maybe some of these. I mean, it seems like it, it is a job for kind of reactionary people, but it shouldn't be. And it would be nice if it wasn't. But that's who the government hires. That's like, we don't have control over it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think also there's something that happens to you when you do it. And I think this kind of speaks to y'all were talking about like, well, why can't these people have more empathy for the people they work with? And this is something that I've been kind of learning as I went through this course and observed people. And it, I'm still, it makes me uncomfortable, but I also kind of understand it in a way too. And it's when you're doing this stuff, and I'm speaking, I guess, from the perspective of an EMT or, or a paramedic in, in a city like San Francisco, especially you, I think part of what comes across or really, you know, is, is a lack of empathy. Um, it's a self-defense mechanism on that person's part, because if you allowed yourself to be empathetic all the time, fully in the way that we would want that person to be, it would kind of destroy you because you are dealing with not just trauma, medical trauma, and seeing dying and and injury and severe, you know, terrible things, um, you know, wounds and suffering, but just the kind of low-grade suffering of capitalism. And you're dealing with homeless people and, you know, that kind of long-term slow-motion trauma every day as part of your job. I mean, like, a very common thing is just picking up intoxicated, you know, or overdosed, um, you know, unhoused people on the street and transporting them to the hospital. And I think a lot of these, um, you know, providers, a lot of these EMTs or paramedics, they'll see the same people over and over. Um, people who are addicted or, you know, you know, unhoused and dealing with all kinds of things. And so they develop, it's kind of like this gallows humor or just this kind of, this kind of hard skin about it. And it seems really shitty. Like I definitely had ride-alongs with different people where I saw some people being much more they felt more professional and more compassionate and other people that seemed like kind of off-putting to me. And in our class, we really get told you need to be a patient advocate. You really need to have empathy and it's important, but you can see how if you did this, you know, day in, day out for years, how you would try to, you start to detach from it because it'd be really hard to, to see that kind of stuff. It was hard for me just like doing it for a couple of shifts. So I think that's kind of a perspective that, being a little closer to it has helped me develop. You're right. No, I absolutely agree with you because there's people I know that ner- that are nurses and that are the same way that, I mean, you're seeing folks at like a very low time in their life and this is something that costs a ton of money and a lot of people aren't prepared for this. And so you're dealing with these really sad, gross, disgusting situations that have been wrought by our economic system but feel very personal, like these fucking people are just never going to get it together. These people are just like, these people are fucking everyone else over or, you know, the world is an ugly place when you're dealing with, you know, firsthand dealing with folks that are in a lot of trauma, you know? We're also like all human, you know? Like everybody has human, everybody's a human and they have feelings and like, if you see sort of the same thing happen to the same person over and over again. And like, I do this too. I'm not like a perfect person, 
but I try to be as understanding as I can. But if even in my personal life, if I see the same thing happen to a person over and over again, sometimes I'm less than empathetic about it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, eh, you know, th- th- you're never going to get yeah. better. You're just a fuck up. You know what right. I mean? And I don't want to be that type of a person. I don't like that's not something I want to be, but like, that's how my brain, I I guess that's how my brain works. It's something I've tried to really beat out of myself, like in the past, you know, five or six years, but it's just really hard to like, when you're, when you're dealing with other people, they all do their lives differently. And like, uh, if they're not, if, if if it comes out in a negative way, if, if the results of doing their life differently than you comes out in a negative way, sometimes you just feel like, oh my God, you know, this person, if this person would just do this, they would be better. And I'm tired of this, you yeah. know, <laughs> but for sure, it's not the right way to be for sure. But you would have, to, I mean, I would imagine, I mean, and, and something Brett just said was like something we used to say a lot about at, at, they used to always have to remind us at the cable company because my job was to fix broken cable. And uh, I would always be like, God damn, man, like everything's broken. This system is completely destroyed and everything's broken. But that was because I only saw broken cable. I never went to somebody's house whose stuff was working. Like the the thousands of people, the tens of thousands of people whose stuff was working, I didn't have to go to their place. So I just kind of assumed in my mind, it was like everybody's cable's broken. Every single person. I talked to nine people a day, and you know what? All of their cable is broken. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah. probably, you. You'll uh, you'll often hear stories of people who work like for the department, uh, for the, like the state department that hands out like uh, food stamps and stuff like that. And you'll often hear stories from those people about, oh, I know people scam it and shit like that. And it's like, that's just, you know. Right. You found the couple. Yeah. You, you're you going about one or two people. Yeah. It's going to happen every once in a while and you're seeing it and you think it's widespread and it's not. And it's just, we have like a real bad habit of generalizing and also just again saying i wish this person would do this the way that i do it and then they would be okay yeah should all over them yeah yeah well thank you so much for calling in young chomsky i hopefully more people call in about this it is interesting to think about yeah yes there's a lot a lot to say yeah cool well thanks for thanks for taking my call and uh playing the tunes and i will see you uh in oakland we'll be there gonna be a big show yeah cool looking forward to it all right. Yeah. The fire, the firefighter question is crazy. It is something that I like. I'm genuinely curious of what the listeners think. I'm genuinely curious of what even people who would disagree with us think. I only know one firefighter and he is a fascist. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know him well enough. And all I have in my mind is, you know, like I said, like some, sometimes the way you talk to troops like like people who are in the military like i know guys that'll just scream at me the second i yeah. say well like i don't support this and then i know guys that are like really tell me why and yeah like want to have a conversation with me so sure. all right let's see who's on the phone here next thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to well hello 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 you there hello yeah can you hear us what's up man hey Oh, hey guys, it's uh, Terry, the firefighter. I couldn't have asked for a better setup. Thanks Are you really a firefighter, call. Terry? Uh, yeah, um, not quite that kind. 
I'm a I'm a wild man firefighter. A wild man? Um, Wait, a what? Like a wild, wild man. Land. Like he goes out there naked and he's like, woo! No, he's a wild <laughs> land. <laughs> like, oh, wow. He goes out there naked with a lampshade on his head and he fights the fire. He's a wild man firefighter. And I, and I rake. <laughs> and we rake the forest. Yeah. So you're, you're, he just um, turns on a hose and grabs onto it and lets it just fly around <laughs> while he hangs on. Now, now I want, now. I want us to make a TV show called Wild Man Firefighter. <laughs> Just about like these wild party it's called guys. Emergency. It came out in the eighties. <laughs> so, uh, are you offended by the things that people are saying and we've been saying? Uh, no, no. So I spent um, uh, not last summer, but the one before, working in. It was like mostly like uh, the Great Basin with the Forest Service and with a. Uh, a lot of the inmate crews, so they were kind of in the news lately. Right. And, um, yeah, I don't know, I just wanted to talk about, uh, I don't know, there was like some funny, there's this guy on the crew, on the inmate crew, that was there for fraud, one guy, and everyone else was there for, um, in jail for Dewey's or Possession. Oh, so it's like and, they're paying these guys two dollars or whatever an hour, and they're like dudes that yeah. are just there for a DUI. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and I mean, we were making. I mean, you know, part of the appeal of that job is like we were making great money, mm-hmm. and like they were there, like they they were happy to be outside. Sure, um, but they wouldn't. Have there chosen was just one point fighting fighters for two dollars a day. Yeah. There was this one point where we we call, we requested them to a fire. Uh, my supervisor was in charge, and he knew they needed to stay on a fire to stay out of jail. So he would always call them first, and they always kept them on a fire for the whole summer because they 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 always talked about hating going back or having the, it was hard to get out. But if they could stay on a fire, yeah. they got to stay out of jail. Yeah. So how long would that? How long uh, was that? How long would that last? They were. They would go out for up to two weeks, and then they could go back. They had like a base camp, like kind of actually near the town that I was staying at. Okay. For like up to like two or three months. And how was the base camp? But, what was the situation there? Uh, I. I mean, I didn't. You know, we didn't go there. There okay. was. Uh, there were two COs with them. We mostly hung out with the COs. Okay. The um, uncle so, you know, they, <laughs> Yeah, you know. They were they were cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so how do you feel about, like, because, I mean, most of the callers have said, you know, that there's, like, a reactionary sort of uh, vibe in the fire department. And, you know, I've said things because the people that I know – the the only person I know that's a firefighter has that kind of politics too, and uh, what what has been your experience with like working with people in in that field? So I think the the municipal departments are, are a little fashy. I, I got to agree. You know, there's definitely that type that you've uh, that you've called out. Mm-hmm. But then there's like all these private ambulance services, and those are way those are. Those guys are mostly like drivers, you know, and they're just like really working class. Yeah, they're making like what? The, and I so think here they're making when like you're 12, talking about twelve dollars an hour yeah. here in Columbus. Yeah. 
So sometimes they're firefighters or driving the ambulance or whatever, but yeah, definitely like the private ambulance companies are like way more working class. The, the, the departments, the firefighters, they're like more of a mixed bag. You're gonna, you're gonna run into a lot of guys who, yeah, maybe wish they were cops or. <laughs> what made you do? What, think they what, could be cops. What made you do it? Like just out of curiosity. Uh, someone I, someone I knew, um, uh, had gone out and done several seasons. There's, uh, there's kind of like, um, this, uh, this draw for a whole bunch of college kids or young people go out. It's like a bunch of money. Yeah. So sounds like, you that know, any street fighters. <laughs> it if, sounds yeah, like if you want to work really gimmick. hard <laughs> for like three or four months and make 30 or $40,000, you know, definitely you can apply now. <laughs> Brett's getting all excited over here. Like that is that's three months off the radio. Yeah. $30,000. It's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you also can't smoke weed. Oh. That's the, that's the big catch now. Well, how do they know? But you're in Colorado. Smoke. Uh, what do they know? There's a bunch of smoke around like anyway. That. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I appreciate you calling. We're we're yeah. trying to tear through the rest of these Thanks calls. The call. so thank you for calling in, buddy. And uh, have a good night, guys. Yeah. But firefighters, baby. We got firefighter listeners. We got firefighter listeners. That's cool. Let's get yeah, this good to know. 46 minutes person. I almost said gentleman, but it might not be a gentleman. Could be non-binary. Could one be non-binary, two be a woman, or three be a scoundrel? It's true. <laughs> you never know. Hey, you're on Street Fight. Who's this? Is this me? This is you. Good gravy. Are you a scoundrel? Um, That's the question. Oh. oh, goodness, yes. Okay. What's going on? What's your name? Hey, this is Rob uh, in uh, beautiful Los Angeles, California. No, oh, we'll be seeing you soon. Oh, you sure will. I actually sent you guys a uh, direct message on Instagram about pictures, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Well, we'll be also having yeah. another Rob with us while we're there. Rob Wisman will be up there talking with us at some point. Maybe other people if I get the guts up to ask them. So <laughs> what's going on Ooh, tonight, well, Rob? <laughs> I, uh, I've actually been uh, wanting to call you guys for a couple weeks. Um, speaking of, uh, fires and firefighters, uh, I, uh, I was up at the, uh, campfire, uh, trying to help out a few weeks back. Um, and, uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, anarchism in action. Um, the, I was talking to my parents and said I wanted to go up there and do some volunteer work, uh, at a few days off. And, uh, like, oh, you know, they make you fill out all these forms for, uh, like, volunteering for these places. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go up. I know a bunch of people there. I'll just go up and uh, take up with some local anarchists. And, sure you know, wouldn't you know thrilled. if there was a... Yeah. I mean, well, my, dad know, they, loved, they know. <laughs> my dad loves that I'm a public anarchist. He just thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mom's like, they make you fill out this three-page form. And, like, you know, you better get on it. Like... It's cool. I'll go up to the anarchist bookstore there. Hello, Blackbird. Uh, like, I'll I'll ask the person that I went to high school with. Like, and uh, yeah, there was a Walmart parking lot um, that just sort of ended up being this de facto uh, uh, 
uh, evacuee camp. Um, oh, that's hell. There was, yeah, it, no, it was kind of crazy. Um, but by the time I got there, it was all like, it was kind of in this, uh, I don't want to say disarray, but, you know, there was all these people just dropping off a bunch of crap. Oh, of course. Um, you know, and it's like, all right, we're trying to get winter boots, coats, jeans, and people are like, you don't need bathing suits and high heels? Like, no. <laughs> bathing suits? Somebody brought a bathing suit. Y'all go swimming. That'd be nice. No, we got tons of bathing suits, and I think it was just people were going like, oh, I got this box I'm going to take to Goodwill. Here, you can have it. And it's like, there, did you even sort through this? Like, There is a certain type um, of charity. There's like a kind of charity that's like, I'll just give them everything I don't like or need. Oh, no, it was totally that. And it, at a certain point, it's just you realize it's not really for the people you're giving it to. It's for the people that are giving. Yeah, right, right. They just um, need a reason to, like, say they feel great. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I actually, or we had one person go, you know, I, I drove a long way to drive this off, and we just kind of went, all right, fine, just, just drop it here, it's fine, go. <laughs> I drove a long, drops like, off a printer. <laughs> yeah, right, like, you know, it's like, I... Like, man, I, I really don't care how long you drove these polo shirts. Like, we really don't need them, but okay. Um, but so this uh, this whole thing, it was very, you know, it was leaderless. It was pretty amorphous. There was one guy who sort of started it, and he was trying to sort of get things organized. But it really just sort of ran on its own. I showed up and said, hey, where do you need hands? And they said, well, you can start here. And then, you know, somebody else was... I went to the uh, drop-off and sorting area, and this guy looked real stressed. And I'm like, "Hey, you need some help?" And like, "Yeah, sure, let's let's do this thing." And so we just sort of ended up, you know, like we're trying to sort out. Uh, I'm like, "All right, well, we need men's jeans, and here, bring these over here." So it it just ended up being this whole huge collective of people trying to work towards this common goal. And the cool thing was, you know, you had like due to you know, up in Northern California, it's pretty rural, especially around there. So it's like, you know, there's dudes in like Ducks Unlimited hats and like camo shit. And, you know, here's me like a full on like, you know, anarchist commie dude, like working together. And I was really inspired by just how like absolutely normie this all was. How bad did you want to like keep but, tapping them on the shoulder and saying like, this is kind of like anarchism, isn't this? Is like a little bit like, oh, does this remind you know, of like communism was... a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it, and it was funny because like, you know, there was a guy who was, I, I mean, I think he was like a general contractor and like, you know, a camo hat or, you know, like a lot of car hearts and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, glad to help out some anarchism in action. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't think it was. And I'm just sort of like, oh, all right, well, I don't know, never mind, anyways. <laughs> well, uh, that doesn't work. They always say that doesn't work. That's what my dad always says yeah. to me. Every yeah, time he I was talk like, to well, him, you know, it wasn't. Every yeah, time I talk oh, to my dad, he says, like, uh, yeah, it wasn't that chaotic. I'm, well, that's not what I was saying, you asshole. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was what my guy said, and it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, there wasn't really any leaders, and we we're all working towards a common goal. But anyway, bye. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. That that kind of stuff always makes me feel really good. It, like, yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like whenever people are talking about anarchism, like you know, they always get the image of like you know a bunch of kids in black masks. So it's like that's kind of my end goal for all this, or what I think would be the end goal is. Like, all right, well, here's, like, you know, contractors and all these people just, like, just people from the community being like, all right, well, we need to go do this. Like, 
Yeah, the work where I has was, to get done. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it was an absolute imperative because where I was was, it sort of ended up being like this regs of, you know, these areas. Because, like, you know, you look up and you see Paradise and, like, that's, you know, it's about 25, 30,000 people. But, you know, in Skip Megalia, Sterling City, Yankee Hill, Berry Creek, like, all these tiny little towns that pretty much only exist on a map. And you get all these people out there. Sorry about the jet if you can hear that. Um, the, you get all these people out there who, I mean, they live up there for a reason. And I saw a lot of thousand yard stairs and people who are just not really good at dealing with society. And it's like, that's why they live up in the hill. Sure. So, and that was kind of the people who ended up in that camp. And they're just sort of like, I, they didn't really know what to do. And, you know, people like, oh, I need some jeans for my husband. He's a welder. He needs to go back to work. And it's like, guys, your house burned down like three days ago. Like, is there... You, you, he's got to go back to work. You know, it's like, right. Yeah. Sorry. That's how it is. Yeah. That does and, suck. Like the, the your, so your whole like, house can burn down and there's somebody saying, when are you going to be back at work? When do you think you're going to be able to make it back in here? You know, you don't have that many six day, yeah. sick days. When, when are you going to have to cancel your vacation this year? Yeah. I'm afraid this is going to count against you. Yeah. And I mean, that was kind of, that was the crowd I was interacting with. And it was like, tragic because it's like man these are like it, it kind of reminded me like man i kind of grew up in the holler like my my childhood home burned down up there and it's like my parents moved out in 2000 because they were like yeah this place is a fire trap and lo and behold this year like the whole town just got torched yeah god sucks. so well yeah it's it's been a trip yeah, yeah, that is that is scary. It's good to hear that there's good things arising out of it, though. I mean, that's... Well, if, that's yeah, yeah, people get together and do the right thing. They didn't automatically turn into a civil war or anything. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's there's folks up there, like uh, Cesar Sanchez, Molly, like, you guys are... Those folks are doing amazing work. Uh, safe space up in Chico. Uh, I mean, I know they're getting a lot of heat this year because there's just so many people who have been displaced and you know, the existing community is really pushing back. Like, you know, there's a lot of shitheads up there too. So, um, those folks really need a lot of help. Well, thanks for the update, man. We appreciate but, it. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, thank you for, uh, thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. We gotta get the rest of these calls and then get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, get them in boys. You ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready, man. We got, we got three left. Three more to go. We got three of you. I think we can get you. Every week we get them all, baby. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? You're talking to Shit Pro. What's uh, up, Shit Pro? Oh yeah. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm 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 tired. I'm sorry you guys have so many calls left. Two. It's two after you. So I think we're, we're gonna live. Fine. Yeah. We'll yeah. We're it. feeling good. We're feeling okay. How you doing? Anybody try to sell you anything lately? Uh, no, no, but I, I did have a, a, a small business, uh, co-worker, uh, tyrant story. Cool. Cool. Go for it. Okay. So, uh, a, a few weeks ago, I was minding my own business at work, just doing my thing, you know, and, uh, on the at work. Uh, oh, shit, bro, your phone. You're the classic up. shit, bro, phone breaking up. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Classic shit, bro. We got you now. Hello? Yeah, you're here. You're here. You're here. Oh, well, anyway, uh, I, was, I yawn a lot in the morning. And uh, I had a coworker come up to me, like, very upset, saying, like, please stop yawning. You can't yawn. What? That's not, that, I mean, that's not something they can you put in a rule book. You do that book. at work? Was he being a smart aleck because you're always yawning? Or No, no, he was, he was being serious. Like, you cannot, it, it is not okay for you to yawn. And I, he just, he's, he's weird and I, I don't like him. So I just said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I won't yawn anymore. I just went about my day. How did you, then uh... last Thursday, oh, go ahead, um, go ahead. last Thursday, um, we're, it's a bunch of overtime this month. So work begins at six o'clock in the morning and it usually begins at eight o'clock. And, you know, I didn't have my coffee that day and, uh, I start yawn, I, I yawn again. And he comes over to me and said, like, um, we already had this conversation before. You cannot yawn. And I was just like, uh, okay, uh, usually I ignore this kind of stuff, but I'm not going to have you telling me that I can't yawn. You're not my boss. You, I'm, I, I can't deal with this this morning. Do they have some sort of Is weird it? hex on themselves where if they see some, if they yawn, then they, like, lose a bet against the devil or something? No, he's just a really, uh, he's a quality control guy, so he's just really, uh, he's, he's got a, he's a tight ass, and uh, he has, and for some reason when I yawn, he, he thinks that's unprofessional, or I'm not allowed to, uh, or. Not, you, this, is, this goes back to like, you have to be happy to be at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, no yawning. You need to be here, well, you need to, you need to have a good breakfast. You need to sleep for eight hours, and you need to be happy to be here and not yawn. Yes, but he literally is my coworker. He's not above me. He's what? Oh my god! The same nope. level. <laughs> I would fight. I would fight this person in a parking lot. Like I'm, I would just yawn all day in that person's face. What can he do? Can he do anything? No, he can't do. It. I mean, I guess he can, um, you know, complain about me to the boss because he's. I don't know. He's, you know, he's a suck up or whatever. So he probably he talks to the boss or our manager a lot. But I, I don't think the manager likes him that much either. So yeah, it doesn't sound like a likable person. It's just nuts that there are people out there that uh, that like that. Like, what am I supposed to do? I I can't yawn. Yeah, against that's you know, it's. Uh, it sets a, it sets poor. It's, is it, is he just worried about yawning? Is it made? Did he have like his I, wisdom teeth removed and so he can't yawn real hard? <laughs> I don't know. He's he's a really odd guy. He's like in his fifties. Has been married for a long time. He never had kids. Odd you know, people. and there's a lot of young people um, at my work, and he just you can tell he he just does not know how to deal with yeah young people. Just like, hates young people. Just, Yes, makes sense. Just think, um, so what? Lazy because they're they're lazy, right? That kind well, of shit. He, he's disrespectful to he's disrespectful to my coworkers all the time, all the time. Always talking to them in a very condescending voice, and you know, it's just usually I don't say anything. No one says anything, but you know, 
at a certain point, you know, and it's just like, you know, he's talking to grown people like they're, they're little children, you know, and it's, it's, it's so aggravating. Yeah. We got this, these coworkers, we got to watch about these coworkers too. You're getting attacked from every (laughs) side. (laughs) Shit probably got the worst coworkers, man. They're trying to sell him stuff. Yeah. They ain't letting him yawn. It's tough out there. Are we going to see you at the Oakland show? You are going to see me at the Oakland show, and you are definitely going to have to announce after doing the show in LA and doing the show in the Bay which part of California you prefer. Okay. That is a big deal. Okay, can I ask it? So, we need a verdict. We also, we also need to meet with you the night before about a really cool business opportunity that we have lined up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we just want to try out a pitch on you. <laughs> we just want to try out a pitch for this new business opportunity we're involved with. <laughs> we actually uh, call that we actually call that getting shit proled now. Like people in the Facebook group will be like, "Dang, sounds like you got shit proled whenever they get hit with an MLM scheme." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've heard about that, and uh, I'm quite proud. uh, It's the best. uh, I was get that going. You're a nice guy. It is an actual. That should be in one of the street fight stories. Thing is the shit pro getting shit pro story because that is like of the calls that we take on the show. We've taken some crazy calls, and I love them. But that call will always make me laugh. Like I'm, uh, we like shorten it up real quick for the listeners. Basically, a guy told shit pro. To meet him at a store, he was going to try out a pitch for a new kind of insurance for him. And as he was trying out the pitch, he was having him fill out the papers. And then he was like, well, all you got to do now is just like give me the money and we're all set. And he was trying to get the money out of you. I love that. Do you talk to him anymore? I mean, to be honest, he still occasionally, you know, like snaps or something. Just don't open them up. So, you know, I have, I have, I have a few months with a Snapchat from them that uh, I just have never opened up. (laughs) Well, hey, buddy, thanks for calling in. We're going to get these last two callers out of here. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. I love that guy. Yeah. His phone. He's getting into something. He needs a, he needs to buy one of those TV antennas for his phone. Really get a sat phone where he's living i'm worried about my phone service when we're in oakland what you're on street fight what's up oh hey guys how you doing we're great we're doing good we're almost off work (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, don't want to keep you guys up too late i'm also in columbus so we're on the uh, east coast time zone here right now oh yeah (laughs) yeah we're big boys i get to sleep till two tomorrow what's going on tonight oh well I'm part of the bourgeoisie because I graduated from Ohio State today. So, well, uh, I graduated from Ohio State too. I am also <laughs> part of the bourgeoisie now, but I did. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm one of the PhD students that, like, you don't. You said before on like your college shows that you don't understand why PhD students listen to you guys and stuff. But I just love that shit. So. It is wild to just think about somebody who, like, is a special—I don't know. Like, PhDs are doctors, and we think of them as smart, and they listen to me and Brett, just a a guy with a bachelor's (laughs) degree and another guy that's, like, just smart dude, really. (laughs) Just street smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
Hey, you're a Reynoldsburg High School graduate. That's buddy. true. Don't you let them take that away from you. You're a purple pirate or whatever they were. Yeah, the pirates. The Raiders. The Raiders. That's what it is. Stealing a name. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> the Raiders. So what's going on tonight? The Raiders what? are the best team. How are you right. feeling tonight? You partying? Oh, well, yeah, I've been partying. And then right now I just have uh, old Star Wars movies on mute on TNT, you know, as, uh, as hot couch guys do. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all doing good over here. But I called in because you guys were talking about uh, paramedics and firefighters and, like, how there's different, like, sides to every story. And, like, basically working in the lab I work in, we uh, have a bunch of engineers who pretty much, I, w- I would say, are basically shuts in my view, because <laughs> they always tell me that, like, the stuff that we're working on is going to be used in bombs eventually anyway, oh. um, even though, right, so even though what we're working on is, like, the FAA model to make sure, like, the blades that come off of a Southwest engine don't, like, puncture the fuselage and you die on a flight, right. <laughs> like, that's what our research is through. But they have, like, friends who work at Raytheon and stuff like that. Whenever I try and have conversations with them, it's always like, well, if you don't do it, somebody's going to do it. No. And, like, that's just their that's just their view of shit. And it just, <laughs> and it just makes me mad all the time. And I always, like, try and point out the other side of a view. And they're like, well, I don't think most engineers think that way. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? It like, seems like it, to get to engineer, you have to, I mean, I know that there's a lot of them that are like the logic dudes that are like just everything. Cause I went, I've, I've said this before, but I took a course called labor and society. It was a sociology of labor course and it's a requirement for the business school. And there's always also right. some like engineer type people in there and their politics were, I mean, their opinions were really, really wild to me. Like some of them were just, they yeah. like kind of this. I don't know. It, very inhuman feelings. Like yeah. very much like right. we're going to take all of the things that make humans unique and we're going to not think about those things because like uh you can't like you can't like it's you can generalize the behavior of a group of people, but it's kind of chaotic mm-hmm. and there's like we're all so different. We're all like Exactly. We have different motivations and different things that, that run us. But I think a lot of times when people get through like the hard science STEM, a lot of times, yeah. I mm-hmm. think that they don't, they don't spend enough time like sort of beating yeah. that into you in school that like, look like, like, cause like people that work in logistics and stuff, I just remember like this yeah. course was a lot of people that were going to be doing logistics, right? Which is, kind of a stem sort of thing it's in the business school right and uh they yeah, so take they, all the humanity out of it it's just numbers that's yeah. what it is yeah so. and they think that i mean and they're told that to be fair too it's like probably when yeah. you go to class do they say that like well humans are hard to understand but numbers are easy to understand and it's like kind of beat into you i because I, I did sociology right. and i was always sort of shocked with like the stem people and the uh, and the business school people that came over to take sociology courses with us because you always have to take a few. I was always very shocked right. at their opinions because it oftentimes sounded like really cold and really heartless. No, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And like to further your point about it just being like STEM, like your first 
four years, you you take some sociology classes or like classes in the arts, but it doesn't matter until like you only take an engineering ethics class the last semester that you're there. Mm-hmm. Like so, like that's the last time that they're actually going to even talk about humanity to you is like at the very tail end of what they've already beat into you before then, mm-hmm. which is just like, which is just like it. It's set laws, it's set structure, like that's what you have to do for STEM stuff, but you lose like all the humanity when you don't actually like, uh, transfer it, transfer it to like your actual work. And the thing, like I saw my dissertation, you have like all these people sitting on your board and they're all from your department. And then the grad school like sends over one representative, which is always from the humanity. And like basically I presented for an hour and then an hour after that they just ask questions about your research and everything and she was the last person to ask a question and like after we had talked for two hours about everything else and she's just she's a ling- uh she's a linguistics teacher so she asked like so you do all this in the lab how does this like relate to everybody at large like how how does this relate to humanity as a whole so it was like a whole like it was the first question that actually brought any perspective to the entire conversation, mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of what you need is like people in the arts because I feel like STEM is almost a fast track to like not realizing what you're learning, who you're learning from, and like relating that to other people. So or not like yeah, totally not questioning like where you're getting knowledge and stuff like that because it's like. Right. You can teach it in such a way that like it it doesn't like these are laws. These are these are laws that don't change. So like you can just teach it be like, well, we do this because we do this. That's that's why. But then like when it comes to the out like when it comes to the outside world, it's like like you're saying, like, I don't want to make something that somebody I don't want to make bombs. For a living. Like, I don't want to make something that people are going to use for bombs for a living. That's. I don't want that, but that's not how, I mean, you're, that's how like Silicon Valley gets the way it is. You know, that's what I think. Like, I think that like they, they learn STEM, they don't learn a lot of how other people think. And like, it just, it totally bears out when you start talking to people who have dropped out of tech, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. we had a young Chomsky Chomsky calling today. He just dropped out of tech. He doesn't work in tech anymore because he just felt like, it was, it was just sort of soulless and just creating capital for venture capitalists, and uh, yeah. that's got to be tough because you know you work your ass off to get somewhere, and when you get there, if you find out once you get there that it's it's you know not what you thought it was going to be when you started, I, I I sympathize with that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, thank you for calling yeah. in. We got to get this last person before we're at three hours. Yeah, for sure, man. Have All right. Great Take night. care. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Peace. Yeah, that stuff's interesting as hell. I could talk about that all night. Like, that's why I went to sociology. But, I, you know, I didn't get a lot of STEM teaching, though. I, I, you know, I'm dumb when it comes to all that stuff. Right. So that's probably not great either. I wish there was a way to make it, like, more well like, make a more well-rounded graduate, you right. know, from college. Like, you get out and, like, you understand people and like engineering right. numbers business psychology yeah. maybe yeah but it's just 
you know, it costs so much money. You're not encouraged to really go out of your comfort zone. You're encouraged to do it as fast as you can with the least amount of classes. Right, right. All right, let's see who's there on the phone. Our last caller. Thanks for calling in. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Jay from Indiana. How are y'all doing? Great. How are you, Jay? Doing okay. Like, sitting here, drinking a 40, about to start a new job tomorrow, or a new position at a job tomorrow, so... <laughs> good good way to Chilling. get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I realize it doesn't sound like it makes much sense, but, you know, I, I promise it works. When do you work? Oh, I start at 9, <laughs> so... I love our listeners so much. He's in Indiana. <laughs> So it's the yeah, same I mean, time there yeah. it is here. He's drinking a 40 and calling a radio show. Well, I've only drank one 40, so, you know, we're good. Oh, only one. That's not a big deal, you know. I know a lot of people yeah, that no, can... I, I know a lot of people that can just drink one 40, but I will say that there are times where one 40 will still get you. My wife got real hungover last week and real trashed off two and a half... Uh, one and a half of those rosé... Like cans of rose and uh, bubble water. Yeah, yeah. She was. Oh hell, no! But like that'll that, over. They'll sneak, those things will sneak up on you. Like I used to drink a lot of limeritas, and oh, whew. <laughs> oh yeah, I did too. <laughs> Cheap one dollar for mm-hmm. those. Not really into the craft beer scene, are you, Jay? <laughs> no, no, I am not. <laughs> I I drink hams usually, so I'm a, I'm a hams person myself. <laughs> Brett, you you do hams ever? Hams isn't bad. Uh, where did I have that at? Probably one of the bars we put. They got it at Kroger's. I don't think we have it in Columbus. I don't think I've ever seen oh. hams in Columbus. I we have I, had, I think I had it in Wisconsin. Yeah. Because, I mean, it had to be Well, on the I show. think that's where they make it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Was yeah. it Minnesota? There it is. There you go. It's Minnesota. Hams. Brett's a hams Ooh. guy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'd like burger better, but... <laughs> So, uh, what's up? How, uh, what's going on tonight? Well, I uh, I just wanted to call to say, uh, so tomorrow, or I guess today, oh God, uh, December 17th is uh, International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, which, like, uh, all the sex workers I know are, like, the dopest fucking comrades in the world. Yeah. And, like, the last year has been fucking really tough for folks that, are, that, that do that job. So, like, just like solidarity for all the sex work comrades out there because they're pretty much the best folks. Um, and I was wondering if I could plug like a few things that are stuff that's like direct mutual aid to sex workers. Absolutely. That's sure. perfect. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sounds great. Good way to end the show. Fuck Doing yeah. something good. Yeah, for once. Yeah. So the, the first one is Swap, S-W-O-P, Behind Bars. Um, and uh, yeah, they got a web presence. Uh all sex workers go to heaven is another one, and the one that I'm like embarrassedly maybe not going to pronounce right is uh, Lysistrata, M-C-C-S dot org, which is uh, like uh, described itself as an online-based uh, sex worker activist cooperative and emergency fund to support marginalized workers in crisis. So, just uh, fucking shout out to all the sex worker comrades out there, I guess. Hell yeah. Yeah, we want we we should do more stuff. I mean, we had Kitty Stryker on to talk about it. I think we're gonna do a show soon at, when we're in LA with that that focuses on some of the sex worker stuff. And I'm insanely nervous about it because they're probably gonna try and make me talk about my penis. 
So. Oh, you're peeing? <laughs> My <Yeah>. wiener. <laughs> oh no! I know no, that's the worst. Don't listen. Not your, not your peeing. I don't know about that, but like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do that either. It makes me nervous. Brett is over. Brett's like. Hell yeah, I finally get to talk about sex. Yeah, I don't ever really get to do that, but I have finally get to post your hog. Gross jokes to share. Yeah, he's going to go for it. Well, hey, for real, thanks for calling. That that is a great way to end the show and uh solidarity to sex workers too. Absolutely. Damn right. Y'all have a good night. You too. All right, thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. That's the show. If you want to find more we got plenty of bonus content over on Patreon, patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Um, the central hub to find everything we do is streetfightradio.com. All the links and everything else you need. And uh, that is the show. I'm Brett. He was Brian. Peace.